Uh, what is the show? What is the show called again? Uh, Below the belt. Below the belt. I thought this was Stern. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell am I doing on this show? I'm gonna call my publicist. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is Chris Jericho, the Ayatollah of rock and roll, and the sexy beast lead singer of Fozzie. And you're listening to Below the Belt Radio, Junior. The Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Right, guys, it's time for another episode of BTB, Below the Belt Show in the Mother Effing House. I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most here for your weekly eargasm. We got a hell of a show for you guys tonight, and I'd like to go ahead and introduce my first in-studio guest co-host, in the room, I usually say, let's introduce the room because everybody's here, but everyone decided to be late today except for this gentleman. He is filmmaker extraordinaire, director extraordinaire, writer extraordinaire, editor extraordinaire. The list goes on and on. He is the one and only James Berberick. Hello. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> yes, this is uh, three times the charm, right? Yeah. Hopefully yes. a lot more. I love it. Three times the charm. James is back yes. on Below the Belt Show. Yeah, glad to be back. So, James, I guess it's, I guess keep us posted on what you've been up to as a, an independent filmmaker that mm-hmm. has produced some really great content. And, of course, I had the pleasure of working with you on Rising yeah. the Power. Right. Episode one yeah, of, I guess, six episodes that you've already written, right? Uh, actually, there's now seven episodes. Seven right episodes now. now. Look at that. Well, yeah. And hopefully we'll be getting into those. We're going to have something going for that. Hopefully late summer, early fall, that'll get everything back together. Hopefully the original cast and crew and some other people involved. Now, is there any way for uh, the masses to see Rising the Power Episode 1 yet? No, not yet. Okay. Not yet, not yet. Not Keeping yet. that one okay. baby to myself till we get it out there. I yeah, see. Yeah, In the yeah. meantime, you can check out a trailer on your official YouTube page, right? Uh, yes, James Berberick. You can find me right there on that. Yeah, you can you check can the trailer. You can also find it on jamesberwickfilms.com. <laughs> and, of course, um, I had the pleasure to work on uh, your film, James. And i got to say, um, just the professionalism of your film was great, man. Um, Thank you. Um, everything from, you know, you had your call sheet. You had, you know, you had, you know, you followed the call sheet. Right. Uh, you compensated your actors. You, yeah. You, you cool. took care of uh, your actors as far as everything that a, a standard film would do was right. offered with catering and yeah. and just the amenities and all that good stuff. And I uh, yeah. I appreciate the Thank opportunity, yeah. James. And of course, we had to have you back here on Below the Belt Show. Definitely glad to be um, back. Lots of stuff going on in pop culture and entertainment. Oh, but yeah. in addition, 
we're going to be recording after uh, I record uh, this great podcast, Below the Belt Show, uh, James' great YouTube show called Indie Chat. Yes. Indie Chat, which is also available on your YouTube page, obviously. Yeah, correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And tell us a little bit about Indie Chat. I know there's a few episodes that are already um, yeah. available for viewing on YouTube. Yeah, there's uh, five episodes already available on there from season mm-hmm. one. That season was focused more on me getting to interview other indie directors and filmmakers. And this season, I wanted to open it up to anybody in the indie film industry, from music makers to just actors or anybody else that's involved. I just want to get everybody in the spotlight and have them on my show. That's awesome. That's why you're going to be the first guest of season two. Dude, I feel so honored, James. first actor, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you had a few other tricks up my sleeve, too. Yeah, yeah, I've seen your list. You've got a Rolodex yourself there of (laughs) things you've been doing. Yeah, you know, some things things that I've been up to, but it's all about you, James. Um, (laughs) um, So um, you uh, work with my buddy Matt Sharp again. You produce a a short film called Pretty Face. Yes, I did. My first... YouTube only film. Yes, so you can go check available. it out now. It's actually doing pretty good. We're so got, got a, quite a few it's views. It's a nice to it. film, James. I yeah. watched it. It's very Thank nice you. and great. Of course, you got to have Matt and your leading lady in because you got to have pretty faces. So I guess it right. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to stay true to the title. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> that was my very first original, like, mm-hmm. true short film. I wrote that over 13 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. You finally, uh, finally bring I it to like life. I finally, yeah, I was like, I got, got to make this happen. That's now. great. <laughs> it's kind of like Kevin Smith, who had uh, um, so many ideas for Clerks Two and Mallrats Two, and mm-hmm. uh, actually, what was it, Mallrats Two and Clerks Three, and uh, so many uh, ideas that he had on the back burner. But I think he just finally produced his uh, Jane Sound Bob the reboot. So, right, yeah. Uh, after so many years of considering it, so uh, we're gonna introduce. Hey. That's right. Back on Below the Belt Show. <laughs> Go ahead, have a seat, and I'll introduce you. Back on Below the Belt Show, guys. He is a fan favorite on BTB, guys. He is the one and the only Mike, the General Zod. I'm always punctual, as you can tell. <laughs> and That's quite all right. Yeah, it's great to be back. Yes. The, um, you know, there there are certain days in which uh, it'd be nice to be independently wealthy, so I don't have to deal with... Uh, my professional responsibilities. <laughs> That's a quite a right. We all have them. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we would be doing uh, BTV full time if we were independently wealthy, I'm yeah. sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's and that's the main reason why I am so incredibly punctual today. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in an awesome mood because of it. So um we'll uh so maybe I'll be the uh I'll be the flex tonight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> flex is the angry one on our show. Yeah. Uh, so if you, if you haven't met uh, James before, General, James is a great filmmaker based in the DMV. He, um, he actually produced um, several films, and I actually had the pleasure of working on one of them mm-hmm. called Rising to Power, which is right. quite a treat to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, James uh, has, wrote, has written um, seven uh, total episodes for... Uh, the uh, series that I worked on, uh, we did the pilot episode. Right. Um, That's awesome. Last year. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, was it last year or two years ago? Uh, two years ago at this point. It was two years ago, yes. yes, yes. Two years ago at this point. Two, two summers Yeesh. ago, yeah. 
<laughs> I know, right? Time flies. It's yeah. always uh, it's always kind of humbling, you know, that we have this collection of incredibly talented people that come onto this show. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just a guy. Ah, <laughs> no. <laughs> Your knowledge is talent. Right. Yeah. Your knowledge is talent, Flex. I'll tell you what. This guy is talent. Initially here on the show, we had a technical issue. I guess I usually don't talk about technical issues on the show, but it was like – it was a matter of pressing the phantom power button and James board. figured it out <laughs> on the soundboard because yeah. I was trying to figure out why the three stationary phantom mics didn't work and our additional microphones worked and I switched ports and everything. So it wasn't a port issue. It wasn't a, a configuration issue on the board. It was simply the phantom power button. Somebody phantom power. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Somebody killed it. <laughs> yeah. That, that sounds like... Um, you know, a power button wearing like this, like fuzzy purple suit or something right. like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah. That's fairly accurate. That is, <laughs> you are a man of talent, James. Yeah. What can I tell you? Yeah. It's part of my day job, actually, as an audiovisual tech guy. <laughs> See, that's, 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 that's it. That's it. So he came to the rescue, and here we are here on Below the Belt Show. Yeah. So uh, um, after we're uh, um, done uh, recording our, our great Below the Belt Show podcast, yeah. Myself and James will be recording his project, Indie Chat, mm-hmm. here on the BTV Studios. So oh, be, nice. Yes, yes. So uh, that should so be a treat So what's well. Indie Chat about? It's where I interview, season one was where I inter- interviewed other indie filmmakers, directors mainly. And this season mm-hmm. I'm opening up to everybody that's in the film industry. And he's the first actor to be on the show. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it was the first on location. We all filmed it originally in my apartment at my studio setup. I just created a whole new studio set up in my apartment for this year, but we're on the road for the first episode, it looks like. The first episode, (laughs) and you you feel like uh, you could probably take the show to any location. Oh, yeah, really. It's really, yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun to do to take it on location. Film right. this second episode in uh, in the actual studio, and right. then we're going probably back on the road again to Richmond to All meet right. up with uh, my other indie filmmakers down there. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, General, I wanted to get you on because I know that you are the CW <laughs> Arrowverse fan in studio because I have to admit I haven't followed up because there's so many so many shows on the CW uh, yeah. with the Arrowverse. I have to admit, I haven't been as uh, <laughs> as diligent about it either. But okay. it's. Um, but I had to watch our guest's episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Well, you kind of beat me there because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Her name is Lisa Maria, uh, Lisa Maria Di Giancinto, and she actually plays Mick Rory, uh, Mick Rory's love interest yeah. uh, on the show. Um, for a few episodes, and um, I saw the episode. She did a really great job, and uh, can't wait to talk to you. Lisa Marie D. Jacinto will be calling in to BTB. Yeah, Legends of Tomorrow is actually mm-hmm. the absolute weirdest and probably most fun of the it's era. It's fun, yeah. but it's a little weird. Yeah, and uh, it, it started out as being kind of... Um, like, its first season was kind of lackluster, and I think it's because they made it too straightforward. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, when they started making it really, really weird and maybe got away from the comic book roots a little bit, which mm-hmm. is totally fine to do. Maybe more tw- like uh, Doom Patrol uh, as far as the level of weirdness? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's uh, it's become like probably my favorite of the Arrowverse shows. Okay, cool. And so it's, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm really digging a lot. Yeah, it was cool. They had like a, a, some, some 1989 prom flashback alternate uh, timeline that they visited and um it was lisa marie's character of Allie 
who um, when um, McRory comes back to the high school, for whatever reason, he doesn't recognize her. And uh, and then a little later in the program, a little later in the, um, the show, the, they actually, uh, well, you know, we'll save it for the interview. Because, uh, <laughs> because let's just say that the, uh, the night got hot and heavy. Ah, <laughs> as, right. as, as maybe um, s- many of us or some of us have experienced dur- during our prom night. Who knows? <laughs> 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 I don't know if anyone's had a good prom night, but uh, I have to admit my prom nights weren't great, man. Yeah. They were not good. They, I, they were not eventful. They did not, they, they, they were, yeah. they did not result in the desired outcome. Yeah. Did not, thank you. <laughs> exactly, dude. And, uh, Hey, at least it happened for for Mick Rory. Yeah, on that episode. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, you're right. It was a very, very. I remember. I remember at my senior prom, I had to ditch my date inadvertently mm. because my idiot of a friend um, lost the keys to his car, <laughs> and oh. so um, you know that was after prom ended. But we were supposed to all meet up at this place and. Yeah, so I spent most of the night looking for these fucking keys. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's not a good story. That didn't end too, too well. Um, certainly better things you would be doing than <laughs> yeah. keys that night. Um, in addition to Lisa Marie uh, phoning in, we have more on-location interviews from the Sundance Film Festival. I am excited to play... The following, it's from the uh, premiere of the sci-fi thriller horror film Possessor, um, starring Andrea Riseborough, um, Christopher Abbott, and directed by Brandon Cronenberg. So I talked to both Christopher Abbott and actress Andrea Riseborough, as well as director Brandon Cronenberg. So So that's the son of David Cronenberg, Cronenberg, right? Is he? Actually, and if he is, I don't know. But I didn't know. <laughs> that's amazing. You're a fact uh, checker there, yeah. uh, General. Because uh, <laughs> David Cronenberg made some amazing yeah. horror movies. Right. Uh, he is the son of a yeah. Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. David Cronenberg. <laughs> there you go. That's why it sounded so familiar then, huh? Yes, it did. But yes, uh, Brandon uh, Cronenberg. Yeah. Um, so. Um, I guess taking after it, uh, his father's footsteps. So mm-hmm. those interviews at the end of the program, guys. So, man, we got a lot of stuff to talk about here on Below the Belt Show. Lots of stuff going on in the world of entertainment. So mm-hmm. let's talk about it. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. Yeah, that's right. All right, guys. So let's talk about Batman. Matthew Reeves finally mm. revealed the first images of, <laughs> Bat- I guess uh, you could call him Battenson. <laughs> yeah. So I call him the sparkly Batman or whatever. Yeah, but yes, <laughs> Robert Pattinson is uh, in the iconic bat suit. I don't know if you got a chance to see this, General. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, production has just uh, started on the film. Um and um, you know what? I dig the costume, man. We don't know how he's going to do yet. We haven't seen any of the footage. We haven't seen a trailer yet. But we have seen Robert Pattinson in the cowl. And uh, I don't know if you got a chance to look at the uh, costume. Or, uh, I did slightly. And, and I, I, only, I only got to glance at it. Yeah. 
And, uh, I mean, it looks good. The Batman suits tend to, uh, at least since the uh, <laughs> the the George <laughs> Clooney days, uh-huh. <laughs> the the Batman suits, uh, you know, both Christian Bale's and um, and Ben Affleck's suit kind of looked similar, and yeah. uh, they're kind of going in the same thing. I'm I'm looking at an article right now on my phone. Okay, that's uh, that that claims to go into why it looks so much like um, like Daredevil. And ah. I guess it kind of does if you see it in that red light. Huh. Yeah, the use of red light to kind of highlight, I don't know what they were going for yeah, uh, that one. Um, aesthetic-wise. But, yeah, uh, and you only see his, his face and right. the, the cowl. Yeah. So, right. you know, you don't really know what the, uh, the rest of the costume looks like. Yeah. And Batman has gone through a ton of looks over the years. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. From bat nipples yeah. uh, in Batman and Robin to... <laughs> Well, like, you know, you go back. Dark black uh, suit uh, from Christian Bale. Christian Bale. And yeah. also kind of like black, but more of like a shiny black that Michael Keaton had. Yep. And um, I don't even remember what uh, Val Kilmer's suit looked like. Was <laughs> that the one with the bat nipples? No, that's um, that's that would be George Clooney. That was George, George Clooney. Clooney. Okay. <laughs> but the, uh, you know, you go back like to... You know, back in the uh, the, the original uh, serials from the 40s. Yeah. And he had this, uh, I mean, it was all fabric, and he had this, like, kind of goofy suit with these really big ears mm-hmm. that kind of, like, went to the side, which, of course, since this is a audio audio medium, you can't see what I'm doing with my hands, but <laughs> it's... Um, and then the Adam West Batman look, which I think could be uh, could be welcome for a return too. Yeah. <laughs> the Adam West look, wow, I know you're way back. So I actually, got, uh, incidentally, got some news on more on why Ben Affleck uh, bowed out mm-hmm. of Batman. So, um, <clears throat> so he talked to the New York Times, and as you know, he actually was previously set to direct and star in the solo Batman film. Mm-hmm. And then he had a tumultuous time time spent on Justice League. Um, But he said he showed somebody the Batman script. They said, I think the script is good. I also think you'll drink yourself to death if you go through what you just went through again. Mm -hmm. So I guess I I guess they're alluding to, um, you know, obviously Ben Affleck has had public um, um, issues uh, with um, with alcoholism. He's battled the alcohol- alcoholism in the past. So, and uh, actually had a stint in rehab, too. Mm. So, uh, for whatever reason, they're saying if he went through with this project, he would uh, be back to heavily drinking wow. as he was before. Um, which I'm not sure why this film in particular, more so than any other of his projects, but maybe because so much is riding on it. You know? I don't know. Unless it takes a really dark turn down the script or something. Right. He needs to channel that or something. That or maybe he's Method and Dude. Bruce Wayne has a dark moment. Hey, that's what I'm guessing. You know, yeah. so I don't know where to, what mm-hmm. to think about that. You know, when when Affleck says that he drank, when uh, basically he was su- it was suggested he would drink himself to death if mm. he went through with it. So. Well, there's, uh, you know, there were all these stories about how the production of Justice League, mm-hmm. I mean, it had the pall over it from uh, Zack Snyder's, uh, I think, was it his daughter who passed away? Yep, mm-hmm. yep. While in production. So that's super tumultuous. And, you know, it's difficult not to, um, 
you know, not to affect that, especially since I think uh, F, uh, Ben and Zack Snyder were like really good friends. Yeah. And, um, you know, it could be, uh, could be some, I mean, I don't think sympathetic drinking is a thing, but uh, it, could, <laughs> it could be something like that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the fact, uh, like you were saying, that, you know, there was so much riding on this. And, mm-hmm. I mean, effectively, I mean, that was what the DC universe was, what millions and millions of dollars went into to... Um, went into to like set the set the foundation for and it kind of failed and but of course they didn't really know that at the time but (laughs) yeah i mean yeah i mean of course they've had a couple hits they had some failures but Mm -hmm. uh, aquaman and wonder woman and and uh yeah even though it's disappointed the box office uh birds of prey still considered a hit because of it was viewed as positive uh, by the critics and the audience yeah i liked it so i enjoyed it Yeah, yeah yeah And we and we talked about that on the on the show how 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 much we enjoyed that show mm-hmm. as well. Um, speaking of Robert Pattinson, um, he will be uh, appearing in a film with Margaret Qualley. Love Margaret Qualley. I got to hang out with her at the uh, Screen Actors Guild Awards mm. earlier in January, and uh, it's a thriller called The Stars at Noon. Um, it's going to be uh, directed by Claire Dennis, who wrote the screenplay with uh, Leah Meisius. Um that should be pretty cool. Uh, going on to the MCU, um, they will have their first LGBT on-screen kiss when The Eternals hits theaters this fall. Um, I guess they're making a big deal because Star Wars had the first one in Rise of Skywalker. I don't know if you guys knew about that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and now um, MCU will have their first one as well. Did I totally well. miss that? When it's did like very last <laughs> second when everybody's excited kind of moment the 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 um the i guess the um the victory uh kiss uh yeah. between the uh the resistance fighters yeah oh yeah. okay it was it was yeah. their minor characters it was but yeah it was a yeah i missed it thing yeah i must have totally missed it because i don't recall <laughs> that at all it was uh two women yeah mm-hmm. okay kissing that scene um so, uh, who will be kissing? Well, um, <laughs> supposedly, first of all, everybody cried on set. Um, but it's actor Haas Slayman who plays the husband of Fastos, who is played by Brian Tyree Henry. Um, Fastos, you probably know who he is, don't you? Um, I use such the comic book I'm fiction. Trying to, I'm trying to think of who that is. He's one of the immortal beings. Okay. Um, he's one of the Eternals. Uh, who've lived on Earth for thousands and thousands of years. Um, um, he's described as an intelligent cosmic power inventor and is the first openly gay superhero in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, yes. Arrowverse beat them by years. Arrowverse beat the MCU, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they have actually quite a few gay characters in the Arrowverse. Yeah, and it's interesting because last week we... we uh, we talked. Well, we had the interview of Tessa Thompson, who plays Valkyrie, who's the first lesbian character, but she hasn't had an on-screen romance yet. Mm-hmm. So even though it's a, she's technically the first <coughs> LGBT character, she um, she's not the first uh, kiss, I guess. So. Yeah. Uh, but I'm looking forward to the Eternals. You know, it's an all-star cast. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have um, Kit Harrington and Richard Madden and Angelina Jolie. Um, yeah. It's a the it's a the interesting thing cast. with the Eternals yeah. is that um, 
It's mm-hmm. a very unknown property, even among comic book fans. Right. Yeah. Like they don't they're not really uh they're not really used all that much. Right. So I mean, this is... I think it's going to do what they did for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that's so the Guardians hope. of the Galaxy wasn't a huge franchise prior to the first right. Guardians. But they did have a really fun comic book that came out, like, about a year before the movie did. Okay. I'm sure that tied in. But it's right. like a... Uh, but they kind of um, started the... Because there was a Guardians of the Galaxy comic in the 90s, and it was mm-hmm. awful. At okay. least the one or two issues that I read. It was right. terrible. It took place, like, in the far future and uh, had, re- like, you know, there was a character in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 called Taserface. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, ev- and everybody, yes, everybody made fun of his name and everything. <laughs> he was a serious villain in that Guardians of the Galaxy comic okay, from the good. 90s. Taserface is a big deal. <laughs> well, I mean, th- that's the whole point. Like, they, they took it way too seriously. And, yeah. um you know, so, you know, they were given, like, carte blanche to, like, kind of, like, reinvent everything. And that's kind of important, especially yeah. for, like, because uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of geeks who get so angry when things yeah. um, mm. differentiate from the comics. And Deviate, I'm, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not like that because yeah, I, mean, I, I love comics, but a lot of comics really suck. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and so, like, there's a lot of, like really fantastic ideas that come out of them, but there's a lot of like really dumb ideas too. Mm. And so, you know, anything, and they're also like one of the things is that comic books have like almost always been written by like 30 or 40 something year old men, you know, to appeal to, you know, children and teenagers, at least until about like, you know, the mid to late eighties, I guess. Right. <coughs> well, I uh, mean, yeah, and uh, <laughs> so like you know, you got to modernize that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, so on. Um, speaking of, well, the Disney um, is the umbrella of Marvel, as well as Disney. Or sorry, um, Disney owns Marvel. Yes, of course. Um, yeah. But um, in Disney news, um, Aladdin is getting ready for a sequel. So this is interesting because there was no animated sequel. I don't think was there of. Mm-hmm. of uh, Aladdin? There was. Oh, there was. Yeah. Well, they was were it Return of Jafar. Right. They it were. They were okay. straight to video, though. Do they? Yeah, do those was. count in like canon? They. I guess. Well, it's there. It's, it's there. Yeah. It's there. So I guess they didn't allude whether it will be the Return of Jafar or not, but mm-hmm. it said uh, the sequel is in the works with the same <coughs> cast. Um, um, they're hiring John uh, Gattins and Andrea Burloff to um, write the next script. Guy Ritchie will return to direct. Will Smith, Mina Masood, Naomi Scott are expected to reprise their roles. So, um, yeah, whether uh, they haven't revealed which way they're going to go with the plot. Um, they were looking at story, other stories from 1001 Nights, the collection of Middle Eastern folk tales. Uh, mm. So, um, yeah, we'll look forward to that. Another uh, live-action um, remake, as you know, is Mulan. Mm-hmm. And um, this will be the first live action Disney movie with a PG 13 rating. Hmm. Oh, wow. So they're making history. Yeah. Um, as you know, all previous films were PG. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, kind of surprising, you know, because they're, you know, that's their other, they're, uh, you know, that it's not, you're basically saying 
children under 13 can't enjoy this film. Right. You know, or, or families should be warned that right. children under 13 shouldn't be watching. Well, the, but, the whole uh, uh, movie rating system is mm-hmm. so um, arbitrary. And you think? Yeah, it really is, especially from PG to PG-13. I mean, there's some kind of ridiculous backwards rules as to why movies get R ratings. But um, for PG to PG-13, I mean, it's mm-hmm. really difficult to see. I mean, like, I'm sure there's some document that has criteria about mm-hmm. how they do that. But it still doesn't really make that much sense. <laughs> like, uh, Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. But I think were you the one that mentioned that there? It's good that they uh, finish it up before the coronavirus outbreak. <laughs> Someone had mentioned. I don't know if that was you. <laughs> that wasn't me. But okay. I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, Rocketman director <clears throat> Dexter Fletcher is going to direct a remake of the 1997 action film The Saint, which starred Val Kilmer. Mm. Um, I don't know if you guys remember. That's that. a really fun movie, yeah. by the way. I that was recall. a. I'll have to rewatch that. Yeah, one. Yeah, that I was a. That was good. That was a cool movie. I remember seeing mm-hmm. that. Is that a film that that's deserving of a reboot or? Um, well, I mean, it it's was a complete reboot. So in itself, it was a reboot yeah. of like a TV show from right. like the fifties or sixties. Yeah. Okay. The sixties, because it was Roger Moore. Roger Moore was. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where he 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 got his start. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a uh, kind of a lighthearted James Bondian type spy mm-hmm. movie. Okay. So, I mean, there's a lot they can do with that. I don't know how successful it'll, it'll be, but, you know, it's it was still fun. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I'll have to check it out. Um, Gerard Butler will start in an action thriller called Remote Control. Interesting. It's not a remake of the game show no, from the 80s. The game show. <laughs> He'll portray a former war correspondent turned corporate security consultant whose life is turned overturned when he receives a mysterious phone call <coughs> from an unknown source. So it doesn't sound like anything like the game show. Um, <laughs> no, no. Uh, what's his name? Um, Chris Hardwick, right? Was that no, no. That's way before Chris Hardwick. Oh. It's like, um, I forgot oh, the guy's what? name. I'm Colin Quinn. Colin Quinn. Yeah, he yeah, was. Now, you know, I was, think, I was thinking of uh, Singled Out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The dating show, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another film. Uh, there's a film called The Card Counter. It has a really cool uh, premise. It stars Tiffany Haddish, Ty Sheridan, and Willem Dafoe. Um it also stars Oscar Isaac. Um, Paul Schrader is directing um, based on a screenplay he wrote. Um, also, Martin Scorsese will be executive producing, so that's kind of cool. Hmm. Um, they've collaborated before on Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, and The Last Temptation of Christ. Hmm. Um, so Oscar Isaac plays a card player on the casino trail who... Sees a chance at redemption when he's approached by a young man, Sheridan, seeking help to execute his plan for revenge of a military colonel. With backing from a mysterious gambling financier, the duo go from casino to casino and set their sights on winning a World Series of Poker Tournament. Oh, hmm. wow, interesting. The card counter. And that's cool. It's, it's refreshing to see original ideas Yeah. Uh, bringing about the screen because, again, we've seen so many reboots. <laughs> Remakes, sequels that no one cares about, but uh, a fresh new idea is always nice, you know. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, let's see. Director Martin McDonough, um, who directed Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. I don't know if anyone saw that. That's a great movie. Great film. Yeah. He lined up his next film. It's an untitled feature film about a friendship gone sour in Ireland. Um, so look out for that one. That um, Three Billboards movie really got dark really fast. <laughs> have you seen it, James? I have not, actually. Man, it's it's incredible. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was set, certainly a, a deserving <clears throat> of all its Oscar mm-hmm. attention that it had um, two years ago, for sure. Um, so the Tribeca Film Festival is coming up in May. I hope to be there as I was last year, which was yeah. awesome. Yeah. To cover some really cool screenings. But the... the um, the opening film, uh, the world premiere, is going to be a documentary called Jimmy Carter, Rock and Roll President. It's directed by Mary Wharton. illustrates the role of the popular music and Carter's passion for helping propel the, the Georgia peanut farmer to the White House. Hmm. So he's, uh, I've never known, known about him being a rock and roll president. I thought that was more Bill Clinton. But uh, <laughs> I guess we'll have to, I guess we'll have to look forward to watching the uh the documentary and finding yeah. out. Yeah. You know? He's a cool guy. Jimmy Carter really did accomplish a lot. Yeah. I mean, he gets... short term, right? Yeah. yeah. He, well, I mean, his presidency wasn't as... Um, Impactful. Pr- ...productive as I think anyone would have liked. And, yeah. you know, one of the things, like, you know, once he was... He came in at kind of a pretty bad time for the economy. Mm. And, um, well... Ronald Reagan really, really did some dirty tricks to get elected. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, like the, um, oh, there was, because a, a big part of the reason why he didn't get elected was, why he didn't get reelected was because of the Iran hostage crisis. Uh, and, um, you know, Republican, um, oh, I don't remember his name. It's, Someone who, as a private citizen, mm-hmm. this is terrible that I can't remember who it is. <laughs> it's a prominent Republican who, at the time, did not hold any office, but okay. was an influential private citizen. Okay, and uh, he was part of the. He he kind of secretly negotiated with the Iranian Revolutionary Government at that time to kind of delay the release of the hostages until after the election. Oh, wow. Interesting. Hmm. See, this guy's a wealth of, of like <laughs> information that I... <laughs> That's your talent. Well, he thanks. gives his super talent people. Yeah. This guy kills it at trivia. <laughs> I, I swear. I well, we didn't last week. Well, I think we could have. Yeah, we, we probably could have. Yeah. But it's a... Um, <laughs> but yeah, the... Um, yeah, Jimmy Carter... Like, you know, he installed, he had solar panels installed at the White House. Wow. Years and years and years before Before anyone. Before everyone used it. And, of course, Reagan immediately took them down as soon as he got into office. But uh, there was, and I think he was a lot more truthful with the American people than any other president has been since then. But More truthful than Trump? Possible? <laughs> Who knows? I know that's a that's that's a high bar to cross. Yeah, I know, right? But I mean, that was the thing. Like Jimmy Carter, like mm-hmm. pretty much said when you know when things were shitty, he said like, "Look, right now things are shitty. We're gonna have right. to change things." No other president does that. And of course, okay. that might also be a re- a reason why he wasn't reelected. But mm-hmm. the um, 
Maybe honesty is not the best policy sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the box office, Sonic the Hedgehog. So this apparently was applauded by both critics and audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the number one movie. It's uh, scored an A from Cinema Score from audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, they had to go back to the well with the redesign, as you know, because right. everyone was freaked out by his human teeth. But I think that it was something that really paid off. It did. Do you know the slightly fucked up story that's behind the whole um, when they redesigned uh, the uh, Sonic from the uh, from the trailer? Please. Well, there's a uh, and a. Of course, I don't have the, I mean, I guess I could look it up, but I don't remember the exact name of the animation company that mm-hmm. was uh, contracted to do that. And they had to, they had to, like, pretty much the entire staff of this this animation company had to work, like, 16-hour days with Jesus. seven days a week to get this out by this, like, insane deadline that they had set up. Right. And then... After they, they had completed that and there was like, you know, the, the new trailer was well received, the parent company of that animation company shut that company down and fired everybody. Jesus, I didn't know that. Whoa. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, that's like, you know. animation takes a long time. When you're rushing someone Crazy. or a team to get that done because of their initial screw up of uh, really just approving this first iteration of Sonic. Yeah. I mean, the the person that approved the design should be fired. Right. Too. Yeah. It's yeah. not um, their fault. And you think yeah. about it like, um, yeah. you know, you have animators that are out there and being like, yeah, I spent, mm-hmm. you know, I I was working 100-hour weeks to get rid of these human teeth on a hedgehog. <laughs> and uh, and, and that it, it really drastically changed to really look like the video game character. Right. Which I think the initial reason why they wanted the hedgehog to look like very different than the cartoon because it was it's live action. Oh. Because a cartoon would look like Roger Rabbit, like right. really like out of place. Mm-hmm. Even though it does work. I guess in this instance it does work. Yeah. Well there um, are ways like yeah. if you, if you've got a really strong aesthetic vision, you can kinda emulate a cartoon with mm. um you know, like choices of color and different i mean james you're a filmmaker so you <laughs> you would probably know better than me but like you know having this like kind of specific palette that they would use for their the filters they use in their cameras and everything to kind of like emulate that kind of like cartoony sense uh It'd probably be more of a post thing to get that. Oh, really? Yeah, i would think so to achieve a cartoon look yeah you would have to go post you would you could you well actually like if you go to a movie like Dick Tracy, lighting yeah. color lighting was perfect in that. Most mm-hmm. of the time now it's all done in post, but mm-hmm. if you do yeah real lighting like they did, it made it you you knew you were in a comic book movie. Right, lighting right. Was flawless in that movie. Yeah, yeah, Dick Tracy. That's yeah. a perfect example. Yeah, that's a good example, man. Very good. So yes, yeah, so that's the number one movie. Um, our our favorite Margot Robbie and. Uh, Birds of Prey drops down to number two. It slipped to number two, um, bringing in an extra seventeen point one million over the three day weekend. Man, I hope that movie does better. Like me too. Yeah, me too. It really seems like it's. I mean, is it going to make back its budget? It already did. Oh, it did. It's, okay, yeah. it's good. Yeah, it, it already did. Okay, good. That's oh, yeah, good news. Yeah, they're up there. Good, okay, good. I'm glad that's the case. Um, we also had Fantasy Island. 
Um, which, dude, got a 9% critics on Rotten Tomatoes, 48% audience score. Uh, dude. But, but it made it all its money and then still ma- Still managed to be Bloom in the top House three. is the master of that, though. Yes, Blumhouse. Blumhouse is a Blumhouse. I thought it was Bloom. Is it okay, Bloom? I, I'm not okay, sure. I, okay, all right. I might be messing it. You might know more than me. Yeah. Okay. But he is the genius when it comes to making films. I want to follow in this guy's footsteps. Yes. Because he gives a set budget. And you have to stay within it. Well, and if you do, you're going to make a fortune. Could and they have made does. this mistake for this film that got nine percent? Uh, everybody made triple their money though. Even though it may not have been the best thing, you made your money. You can go make another one and still have a profit though. I guess you. Can. Sometimes you have yeah. fall. He puts out. He was doing five movies a year. He's doing like twelve now. Some sometimes you make a bad one, but you mm-hmm. can you recovered your money to go make a better one <laughs> 12 movies a year jeez but that, the, it's mm. what he's budgeting for he's not like his company's like not in it like that but yeah mm-hmm. he has enough money cuz he's only putting in 5 million per movie where you have like you're not mm-hmm. spending 100 million to make like birds of prey or something like that right yeah yeah it's a much easier return okay. yeah number uh number 4 on the list is the photograph um which did much better with audiences on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. 82% um, audience rating for that one, um, and still on the top five for a long time as Bad Boys for Life. Doing very well. And then yeah. um, to add also, uh, we talked about Parasite and Death last week because of the Oscars. Parasite is coming off a hu- it's huge Oscars weekend, right. expanded over to 2,000 locations, and it saw an impressive bump Bringing in five point five million over mm. the three day weekend, so hey, doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing pretty good. All right, moving on to television, guys. All, All right. right, Disney Plus, Mandalorian season two in production. I'm yes. excited. Yeah, um, they try to keep things under wraps, but um, this is a rumor. I guess it wasn't confirmed by, um, I guess Disney or Star Wars or um, yet, yeah, but it's a, and I would think it's true because they need. Um, I guess actors with physicality, and that's why they brought in Gina Carano. This mm-hmm. one is surprising only because she's a WWE wrestler mm-hmm. with no acting experience. Um, oh yeah, she was in Deadpool. Um, you don't even know how some mentioned again. Oh, you're you're not talking Her, about Gina Carano. I'm not talking. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I was alluding to Sasha Banks. Uh, um, I'm just saying, just uh, like Gina had the physicality <laughs> yeah. part, Gina had ex- acting experience. Sasha does yeah. not. Um, apparently. She has a part in the upcoming season of, of uh, Mandalorian. Um, zero acting experience, but I, I guess I guess she has the physicality well, to do being it. Being a wrestler takes a lot of acting experience. <laughs> no, that's a very good point. True, it's a very good point because yes, they the wrestlers do follow scripts and when they do the promos and everything. Mm-hmm. She might have knocked it out of the park. She and uh, I don't know if you guys know a little trivia that Sasha Banks is the cousin of Snoop Dogg. Um, yeah. And uh, Sasha Banks is absolutely gorgeous. If you haven't seen her. Um, s- beautiful, beautiful girl, um, and a great wrestler, great WWE wrestler. If you haven't seen it, um, also on Disney Plus, uh, we talked about the Mighty Ducks um, reboot, the sequel series. Actually, not going to be a reboot because it's going to be a sequel series. Okay. And I remember Chachi getting so upset because we did, uh, last week Emilio Estevez was not confirmed to be in the cast, but now yes, he is Mm-mm. going to be re- reprising his role as Gordon Bombay in the original Mighty Ducks. Um, uh, film, um, it's going to be a series uh, on Disney Plus. Right. What's um, the most prominent thing Emilio Estevez has done in the past? I don't know, twenty years. 
Oh, he, actually, I can think of something he did. He yeah. directed a movie called Bobby, mm-hmm. which was supposed to be uh, about all these events that are happening around Robert Kennedy's assassination. Oh, okay. And um, it was supposed to be this like ensemble thing that was supposed to be like I think around the time that Crash won Best Picture. Mm. So they were trying to go for the same thing with that. And oh, okay. I have no idea whatever happened to that movie and <laughs> right. i never saw it so right. it's a uh, that's fully fair um netflix news so all right so netflix is going to continue to put big blockbuster films directly to uh, netflix instead of having a theater run mm. and um the next film that they're going to do is a comedy feature called don't look up which stars jennifer lawrence now this is surprising um, because you know, I, I was in that film with Ryan Reynolds recently. Uh, that that e- Underground Six or something uh-huh. that went directly to Netflix, yeah. and that could have been in the theaters and probably done really well. Oh yeah, I'm sure. But they decided to go straight to Netflix. Yeah, and and Jennifer Lawrence, A-list actress. Mm-hmm. Um, you could easily put that in the theaters and make right. some money in the theaters, but no, it's going directly to Netflix. Yeah. Um. This is a story of two low-level astronomers who must go on a giant media tour to warn ma- mankind of an approaching asteroid that will destroy Earth. Yeah. Wasn't there a rumor rumor uh, on some of those fake news articles that there was a mass, massive asteroid that was going to hit Earth? <laughs> I don't even know what happened to that, but, but people were actually legit believing it. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but um, Adam McKay um, wrote the comedy. Um, so that'd be kind of cool. So it, it sounds like a tragedy. An asteroid's coming to Earth. Right. <laughs> but it's written as a comedy. Um, and yeah, he wrote The Big Short. I don't know if you remember oh, okay. The Big Short. Yeah. That he did. yeah. That's a good movie. It mm-hmm. is. Also, Jennifer Lawrence will be starring and producing in Mob Girl to be directed by Paula Sorrentino for Universal. Mm. Um, so she's keeping busy. Yeah. Netflix dropped a Valentine's Day treat in the form of a teaser trailer for Stranger Things with a big spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, the teaser was titled From Russia with Love. It reveals that David Harbour's Hopper is alive and well in Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people were sad that they thought he died, but you know, I, I knew he wasn't dead. Yeah. I, I, I strongly felt that he was the prisoner in that cell, and oh, my, yeah. my guess was correct. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows the... Hopper, along with a group of men in prison and toiling away on a railroad truck in frigid weather under the scrutiny of a heavily armored Russian guards. Um, oh, man. So apparently the Duffer Brothers say that season four will be the biggest and most frightening season yet. Hmm. Can't wait for everyone to see more. Yeah. So, um, Interestingly enough, um, also on Netflix from the producers of Stranger Things, I guess some of the production team was uh, Stranger Things, is a coming-of-age series called I Am Not Okay With This. Mm-hmm. Um, looks pretty good. It's uh, Sophia Lillis from It. Yeah. And uh, Wyatt Olaf from It. They're both uh, playing different characters, but you can't help but think of It yeah. when you watch this. Right. It's interesting. But um, it's kind of interesting. So Sophia Lillis plays a girl named Sydney whose life is upended after her father dies, and she realizes she's going through pu- puberty and also gaining superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting, you know, not a new uh, take on the uh, superhero genre, um, yeah. which I think there's quite a lot of those type of shows already existing. But we'll see yeah. how this one does. Yeah, are you gonna tune in and watch? Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. I wrote a, a superhero coming of age script 
a long yeah time ago. is this is this very uh, similar uh based on the trailer i don't know if you got a chance to watch it i yeah. I, ju- I caught only half the trailer i was like watch, watching the trailer and somebody called me from something and i, I stopped <laughs> and i didn't catch the end i was like ah. okay I, was like, this, I saw when she like yeah. knocks the sign across the, right yeah. yeah that's where i stopped it i was like oh no i forgot yeah no, I—that's what I was trying to do either this year or next year was to oh, cool. do like a proof of concept for my coming of age superhero script, and I wrote that in two thousand and six. How would a superhero film work on the indie level as far as a budget? Whew. Uh, you got to go as practical as you can and yeah. not go too crazy. Well, the for the script that you wrote, mm-hmm. like, um, did you have a lot of scenes where the? Um, the main character would show show off superpowers or uh not too many it's nothing like too complicated because i kind of knew what of a budget i wouldn't keep it right in so i could make it achievable but if i had like a bigger budget yeah then i'd go crazy or something like that okay but, okay. but i wanted to make it it's, it's it's almost realistic to an extent but he's still got superpowers it's called strong Strong, okay. And it deals of, you kind of get a little bit of what kind of a power he has. (laughs) Speaking of superheroes, somebody just walked in. (laughs) Guys, we welcome, go ahead and have a seat, buddy. Welcome to Below the the Belt Show. He could be a superhero. No, I'm more of a super villain type. Well, yes, he is the one and only Paul Darth Wallace. Welcome back to Below the Belt Show, man. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> Good to have you back. Has to be back. Yeah, yeah. So we were just in the middle of television talk. We and I'm really glad that I am not the latest person <laughs> to come in. <laughs> Everybody was late today except for James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had an interview today, so I just mm-hmm. it just took a little longer. Than hey, I thought. No, t- totally. D- we're just happy you're here, man. Yeah. You know. Um, Paul, I guess I'll just introduce. Uh, I don't know if you've met everybody in studio. Uh, <laughs> Filmmaker extraordinaire James Burbridge. Hey. <laughs> hey, nice to meet you. Yeah. And of course, a longtime <laughs> BTV co-host, Mike the General Zod. Have you ever co-host together? I don't think so. No, no, not yet. First time. Yeah, okay. cool. we're we're both pretty memorable-looking people, so <laughs> we would have remembered <laughs> each other. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Wallace, we were just talking about the new uh, Netflix series. I am not okay with this uh, and the superhero genre. That's uh, are you okay with it? Yeah, <laughs> I feel that it's a saturated um, genre. But you know the, the the coming of age superheroes. We we have like Sabrina, Teenage Witch. We have. Um, I mean, that's not really a superhero thing, though. Um, uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I'm sorry. Still like, not really a. That's okay, considered fine, a superhero. How's that? Yeah, yeah it's, it's supernatural. You I know. mean, yeah, it's based on a comic, but it's Nancy more like Nancy Drew has a supernatural twist. This yeah, but that's not a superhero. What, what power get, does she okay, have? That's fine. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, but um, you know what? It's a great cast. I mean, it's two of the actors from the It movies, which mm-hmm. I thought was a fantastic film. Correct. Um, yeah. Um, which is a uh, Sophia Lillis and uh, Wyatt um, Wyatt Olaf, um, who are both uh, okay. in um, I am not okay with this uh, series. <laughs> 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 um, also um, on Netflix, on net- new Netflix news, um, as you know, Ryan Murphy signed an agreement uh, to produce some content for Netflix. As you know, he's the, yeah. the genius behind American Horror Story and all, all right. that good stuff. And some movie you were on. If I can try to remember which one it was. 
I thought you were on one of his movies. What did I work on with Ryan Murphy? Have I worked on with Ryan Murphy? I, I thought yet? you did, told me you did one time. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe I have. What were you alluding to? What do you think I worked on? You remember? I forget what it was, but <laughs> okay. I thought you told me before you worked with him. <laughs> uh, so, um, so I guess he's doing something similar to Pose, which is like that fashion th- type of uh, you know on the fashion uh, side of uh, a drama, I guess. But it stars Ewan McGregor, Obi Wan Kenobi himself. Mm. Uh, as fashion legend Halston, um, it's upcoming Netflix, uh, Netflix series, a limited series called Halston, um, and uh, yeah, it says is that going to affect his Star Wars show? I don't think it will. I don't think it will because it's a limited series. Yeah. Okay. And I think that the Obi Wan series, which I think is going to production a little later, um, is not going to conflict because I think that's not even going to start. Production until 2021. Oh, uh, damn. We have to wait that long. We got to wait till probably 2022 for it to come out, wow. I think. But have no fear. Mandalorian 2. We just talked about it a little earlier. It's already in production. Sasha Banks mm-hmm. rumored to appear in an undisclosed role. Yeah, I didn't hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, huh? Sa- Sasha Is she going to bring her uncle in, too? You're talking about Snoop Dogg? <laughs> uncle Snoop. I thought it was cousin. Is uncle yeah, it cousin? cousin? Okay, maybe. Okay. I knew they were related in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, nonetheless, look forward to that. Um, so yeah, look out for Halston on Netflix, starring uh, starring the one and only Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is now this is kind of overdue. I guess they're doing a scripted series based on the opioid epidemic. Mm. Um, there's been documentaries and stuff, but uh, this is an eight episode limited series on the origins of the opioid crisis called Painkiller. Um, oh, is it about Purdue Pharma? You know, I'm not sure, but... Um, Does it have Charlie Sheen? Because I seem to think he would be good in that. <laughs> <laughs> I think Charlie's been uh, been shining in comedies lately. I don't know if we can take him seriously in a drama. Yeah. You know, it's, I think it's been a while. <laughs> but uh, It is great. Drama about op- opioids. He's perfect for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty uh, sure there's some like court stipulations that probably won't let him do that. <laughs> but uh, so it's the it's the writing pair from A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Um, uh, oh, with Tom Hanks, they, they're uh, hmm. they're writing the screenplay for it. Um, they previously collaborated on Transparent on uh, on Amazon. Um, I guess what I'm picturing with this is that it's going to be one of those uh, kind of ensemble things again, where they show it. They show the epidemic at all these different levels of society. Like, yeah, they'll probably right. have a lot of stuff in the Purdue Pharma. Um, in case you don't know, they're the the wonderful creators of OxyContin. Oh, and oh so, I didn't know that. Wow. So they, um, you know, and they they did some shady shit. And then in a lot of, like, doctor's offices, probably, like, some kind of thing where... You know, they they go into like all the ways that, you know, they kind of entice doctors to repeatedly um, prescribe it. And then finally going down to the the actual families that have been like completely destroyed by this epidemic. Jeez. And hmm. so, you know, what I'm going to bet is it's probably going to be like the movie Traffic. Traffic was kind of like that where they mm-hmm. did that at all. I these do different have a levels. synopsis. Oh, you do? Okay. So, a tragedy decades in the making, the opioid crisis. Here you are prognosticating, and I'll just read it for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had to say something. (laughs) (laughs) The opioid crisis has become one of the most devastating public health crises of our time. 
Unlike other drug epidemics born from an underground manufacturing covert smuggling, this epidemic began by prescription dispensed by doctors. There you go. Approved by government regulators and promoted by family-owned pharmaceutical giant, made billions while betraying the trust of patients and the public. I'm grateful uh, that this team will be bringing the story, um, the narrative of how it happened based on the spectacular reporting of uh, Patrick Radden Keefe and Barry Meyer. This is a heartbreaking and terrifying. Um, so there you go. Um, interesting. Interesting. That sounds good. Yeah. Netflix uh, has also acquired the global rights to The Life Ahead, starring Sophia Loren. Um, um, wow, nice to legendary see. Nice actress. to see she's still Sophia, working. She's still working, yes. Yeah. Um, she plays a Holocaust survivor mm. with a daycare business. Mm. Um, it's always interesting to see these, like, you know, because at one point, Sophia Loren was considered, like, the most beautiful woman in the world. Right. And, you know, it was well-deserved because you see those pictures of her from, like, the 50s and 60s. And, yeah, she was she was a fucking hottie. <laughs> and, um, you know, to, to see them, like, eventually, like, um, I guess, graduate into these, like, more mature roles, that's, uh, it's, you know, because... Who's another actress that did that? Well, like, is there a hope for Pamela Anderson? Or <laughs> <laughs> possibly she's uh, she's got some work to do. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, Sophia Lauren also be on uh, Netflix. Yeah, Netflix is getting a lot yeah. of content. Yeah, because they you know they're losing a lot of things uh, due to the Disney Plus, right. all the Marvel stuff. Well, they're um, they're they're the moving away. They're moving away from any content that they don't own. Mm. There you go. I think that's what it is. So, like, yeah. no licensed stuff for Netflix anymore. No. Yeah. Nothing. All original content. I mean, like, some of the stuff is kind of licensed. Like, they just put out Lock and Key, which is based on a comic yeah, book. Yeah, Lock and Key. Have you been watching? I supposedly it's I saw the first three episodes. Okay. I enjoyed it. It's fun. Yeah. It's like, I loved the comic book when it came out. Okay, because I remember when I talked about it, announcing it, you popped so Yeah, big. I was super excited. <laughs> about the show. The first two episodes are a little, uh, they're... Since they're, I guess they're introducing everything, it wasn't quite as exciting as I'd have liked it to be. Okay. But it's also, I've been hella busy, so <laughs> it's you, been, hard you, to, uh, been hard to find the time to like yeah. sit down and watch it. I'm sure you'll watch the rest, no doubt. Um, moving on to Apple TV, something that me and uh, Darth Wallace have worked on. Check out The Servant. Yeah, episode 10 Al Soto's feature roll All right. <laughs> we need to come back soon <laughs> I'm waiting. have you gotten called have you gotten called yet not yet I'm waiting for my fucking call what the hell dude mm-hmm. what's going on I think everybody from the group is I mean from what I hear really yeah. do you think it's because we were too featured I guess I don't know I mean, we can maybe talk about that because it's out now but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway well I'm at the very end hugging him so it's I like, know right yeah so check it out guys we have to promote yeah. Apple TV's servant on Apple TV now um, but they have a new uh, project. Apple TV has um, a reboot of Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories. Mm. Um, there's a trailer out right now, which you can view. I'm um, excited about that. Yeah. That was a that was a, an awesomely fun show when yeah. I was a little kid. So okay. The only thing I worry about, are they going to use the same stories and just kind of modernize them a little bit? Ma- I mean, well, so like, oh, you mean like the one with the train that goes through the farm? Yes. <laughs> or like... Um, so you'll see the first five tales... Um, Tease the head of the anthology's March 6th launch. 
Okay, so you'll see five of the episodes. The reboot will transport audience to the world audiences to the world of wonder through the lens of today's most imaginative filmmakers. Okay. So this it will stay true to um, self-contained stories. I yeah. Guess. Okay. Yeah. Well, like, that's always the nice part. Yeah. Like one of my absolute like Black favorite. One of my absolute favorite of those was uh, this one episode where <clears throat> a guy gets uh, is in a you know he's in some like South or Central American country and he gets into this car accident and um, he's paralyzed but no one realizes it like everyone thinks he's dead and wow. and uh you know it's it's done like pretty much the actor who played it is just like narrating the whole thing as it's going on in his head and hmm. yeah that was really well done cool awesome i've never seen it but i'm um, looking forward to the reboot um so here's a, speaking of reboots hulu is doing high fidelity it's their version of high fidelity yeah, yeah. which is a 2000 movie with john cusack that's a great movie. Which I was, like that movie Which a was lot. based, um, yeah, the show was based on the book that the movie was also based on. Also got, called I mean, High Fidelity. Is it a show or is it a movie? It's going to be a series. It's going to yeah. be a series. So it uh, stars Zoe Kravitz, who is amazing. Okay. I love her. Um, this is a gender flip version, though, I guess of, of Cusack's character. So it would be Kravitz as the protagonist instead of Cusack. Well, I guess it makes sense because mm-hmm. her mom was, uh, yeah, was that's very the love good. interest yes. in the Cusack movie. That's a very good trivia there. Good job there, uh, General Zod. Yeah. Mr. Know-it-all there. Um, so the record <laughs> store owner is recovering from a breakup who's obsessed with ranking things. So. Um, Record stores really aren't that big a thing anymore, though. <laughs> so well, it's, I don't know. Certain ones well, are like diehard, though. Vinyl had its resurgence for a, little, it for did, a minute, right? It, it does, did. and it still kind of does. But, yeah. I mean, like you think about in Baltimore, there used to be record stores. Like, mm-hmm. I remember... I used to. I'm surprised they finally shut down the record and tape traders. They were around forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a time where I, I remember record and tape traders had this deal where this buy one get get one free of used CDs. Oh, and this is dating me and shows how old I am. But mm-hmm. it's, uh, and I would go there and I'd spend two hundred dollars and like come out with like this huge, huge pile of of albums and. That's what I used to do. I used to spend hours at the record store, mm-hmm. that and the bookstore and the comic book shop. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I got laid a lot, obviously. <laughs> uh, Making up for lost time now. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a little. But um, here or there. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, they're almost all gone. Like in the Baltimore yeah. area, there's like I can only think. Well, of Well, they have one. Soundgarden in Fells Point. Yeah, that's yeah. the only one I can think of. Yeah. So that, that I mean, I'm sure way. actually like around Catonsville, there's probably. So how will this series do with Zoe Kravitz, you know, bringing the, the this record store, you know, back into the well, fold? Then he's going to do a signing at that record store. He <laughs> <laughs> should. That would be cool as hell. That would be really cool. Um, let's see. I'm really excited for The Walking Dead uh, this Sunday. General, That's this Sunday, yeah. Look forward to that. So I they am. just released the first. I think three minutes of um, was it of the off? first episode of uh, the mid-season premiere. Um, so it's the second half of um, of um, of the tenth season. Sorry, uh, it picks up right after the the cliffhanger where everybody is surrounded by walkers in this cave. 
Yeah, the uh, the nuclear. I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah the whispers so, nuclear bomb. Yeah, yeah. I guess you can consider it that. And um, so, so we, I got you know, it's out there if you want to see it. The first three minutes. So basically, um, you see um, Alpha from above noticing all all our heroes there, um, Daryl, Carol, <coughs> um, and a few others. And Carol lets out one of the mightiest screams she's unleashed in the history of this series. And then you see uh, Alpha above ground telling her fellow whispers, make sure they don't get out. Um, so I'm really excited, man. Um, again, Angela Kang has done a great, I've said it many times, she's done wonders for getting the show back on track. Um, there's limited source material now, as you know. We're getting, after this whisper arc, we're getting to the Commonwealth, which is pretty much the final storyline arc of the graphic novel comic book. I mean, are they going to con- continue it and just kind of make stuff That's up on what that? I'm wondering. I don't think they are. I don't think they've got anywhere to go and I thought they I thought they were going to end it a while. Well, they ago. they have they have yeah. two spin-offs. We have two spin-offs yeah. and yeah. one spin-off just announced they're only going to go two seasons. I don't know if you know that, Paul. That's a local oh. one, right? The local one here in Richmond uh, uh is called um Walking Dead uh The World Beyond. Mm-hmm. Um they they just announced they're only going two seasons. So, yeah. okay. If I were to make a prediction, um I think The Walking Dead will end in maybe two seasons or so. Mm. It's going to go onto the movies and then just stop. It's going to go to the movies, and then oh, that's right. There's supposed yeah. to be there's supposed to be at least one or two Rick Grimes movies, right? There's going to be three Rick Grimes movies actually. Three, wow. Yeah, but I think that Fear the Walking Dead will continue, with which will will combine with the stars on the Walking Dead that want to continue, and we'll just continue Fear the oh, Walking yeah. Dead. That's okay. kind of like my my prediction because yeah. I think there's only so. Far they can go, right? Um, but at least with Fear the Walking Dead, it's only in its what fifth season, so they could theoretically go a little longer. Well, technically, it's all how new because they killed is... most of the original people off. They did, they did. But I think the only way that that can be a success, and if they're out of like source material from the main story, a lot of the the actors that want to continue will move on to Fear and just hmm. make did that a, a stronger the, show. In the comics, did they do the time jump in the comics too? Um, so the time jump also occurred in the comic books, yes. Okay. Uh, for fear, for for Walking Dead, for Fear, there was no time jump. Okay. There's no time jump yet, at least. Yeah, but Fear so. the Walking Dead is entirely original stories, though, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Right. So yep. I've never seen Fear the Walking Dead, so it's um, two years ago it got good. Did it? Yeah. The oh, first okay. two seasons kind of dragged on a little bit with the original. You saw cast. three, and f- three and four were good. I think so. Yeah. Okay. When, when they switched cast, five actually got my interest a little more because Dwight is now, as you know, he's a part of Fear the Walking Dead. He is. Yes, I guess you didn't know. Yeah. I so did after not know that. after Daryl uh, had uh, d- uh, commanded him to leave and find his wife Sherry or whatever. Oh that's wow. Where, that's where the story. I thought Fear goes, the Walking yeah. Dead takes place in like Los Angeles. It did. But they moved to other states since then. The, the, the yeah, because kind of that's on. like far yeah. away to travel <laughs> when you don't oh, really well, have. Morgan walked to them, so it's like obviously <laughs> he walked from Virginia to wherever they're at now. Yeah. Like where where is it currently taking I think place? It's in Texas right now. Yeah, currently in Texas. You're right, Paul. Um, and there's a rumor that Christina Evangelista was seen on set for. They're actually shooting uh, the upcoming season of Fear, which will be season six coming up. Oh, that's cool. Um, and. That's exciting because you know Sherry's returning. I thought she was a complete babe. God, she's so gorgeous. I don't know if you've seen the actress that plays Sherry. Do you remember her? 
Dwight's wife, who yeah. ended up being one of Negan's wife. Yeah. Wives. Okay. Yeah. She, she was. She was stunning. She's yeah. stunning. Um, so she'll be back. So we'll look forward to that. Um, but yeah, Walking Dead this Sunday, guys. Check it, check it out. Check it out. Um, so there's a new show um, called The New Pope, which will premiere on HBO. Um, I'm sorry. Does it replace the old Pope? Yeah. Wasn't there? There was a show called The Young Pope for a while, wasn't there? Yeah. On HBO with I Jude think there Law. Was, yeah. Okay. Well, this is the, well, Jude Law has already uh, zeroed on his next project, which will be with Taika Waititi for Showtime, mm. um, and it's called The Auteur. Um, of course, with the success of Jojo Rabbit. Um, would you say Jojo Rabbit was more of a success than Thor Ragnarok? I don't know. For, for original content, for I guess. Content, yes. But, yeah. but that's not box even office. original content either because that was based on a book. For box office. For box I don't, office, I don't, no. I don't think they put him yeah. in the theaters. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think he already made his name with Thor Ragnarok yeah. before. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. the Yeah. And Jude's already in the, the MCU in a different uh, character in Captain mm-hmm. Marvel. But he, uh, it's a satire in Hollywood, this auteur. It's an unknown uh, when the show will go to production, but um, Jude's uh, filming the third installment of Fantastic Beasts, and YTD is uh, commencing production on Thor Love and Thunder. You so. mean they're doing another one of those? A Fantastic uh, I, I didn't think the last yeah. one made any, any money. I thought they lost it one. Did, it was, I saw both, and uh, I didn't like the second one, no. Um, I thought it, I didn't think it was a good film at all, but uh, it made the money it needed, hmm. and I think it's just going to go for, with a trilogy. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So we'll have to see. Um, that's television, and then we have reality TV uh, because it was a lighter news week, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, one of my guilty pleasures back in the day, I'd say ten years ago, was The Hills, and uh, you're going to get a little bit of a Hills reunion hmm. on Very Cavallari as Heidi Montag and Adriana Patridge. Had traded in Hollywood for Music City. Um, they're going to reunite with Kristen Cavallari. So for you Hills fans, you might want to check it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, they're also doing a Bachelor spinoff series on ABC called Listen to Your Heart. Hmm. So it features guitar smashing, singing, and tears. 20 single men and women who are, I guess, are artists of some sort. Singers, um, you know, probably guitarists. Who knows? They'll sing covers. Uh, as couples and explore relationships, so we're talking like American Idol meets that The Bachelor. So weird and bad at meets the same duets. time. It's like, yeah, you could apply. You're a musician. It sounds kind of. Con- I think I'll pass on that. One. <laughs> it sounds kind of contrived, actually. Yeah, like, you know they're uh, and corny too, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if anyone's watching The Bachelor, but he is down to his final, final uh, three ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, how many seasons is that? Of the the actual main show, The Bachelor? I think it's been around since like 2000. So, wow. And it's the, so you multiply. Because yeah, I think one of the first years, wasn't one of the Ravens guys that that, that got on and won? Um, I'm not sure about that. Or maybe, maybe that was Bachelor. Right. Yeah. One of them was like a former Ravens player. One of them was former. Okay. I have a football card of the guy. Yeah. So he's like a true nobody. <laughs> he's like a four-string quarterback. Aaron Rodgers' brother was on one of the seasons. Mm. Oh, was he? Yeah. Yeah. And he failed as a football player. He, he never amounted to what Aaron Rodgers was, but uh, he did pretty well. Um, well, Aaron Rodgers is like a future Hall of Famer, so oh that, no doubt that's like uh, that's a lot to live up to. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, him and Tom Brady are like the two greatest quarterbacks that are still active right now. I guess right. 
Speaking of Tom would Brady, where's he going to wind Drew, up? Was yeah. Drew Brees in that group too? or I would say Drew Brees yeah. is in okay. there. Let's put, rank those three together. And hey, yeah. if you notice, hey, they all did really well in the playoffs. Yeah. So. I mean, Ravens have a pretty good quarterback too. Yes, we do. <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Let's see how he does next season, hopefully. Mm. They won't choke in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, music news. Billie Eilish's theme song for the new James Bond film, No Time to Die. It's a really cool track. If you haven't heard it. Uh, man, this girl at 18 years old, four Grammys. She's she, that young. She's eighteen. Holy, well, she has cow. that James Bond type of beat, voice, doesn't it? voice yeah. and stuff. Have yeah. you heard the song? No, I haven't heard it's the song. It's amazing, yet. guys. I, I heard it, it. Yeah, she did a great job at the Oscars. We talked about last week. She did the In Memoriam segment. She covered the Beatles yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and she's the youngest performer to tackle a Bond theme. Mm-hmm. Follows Duran Duran, Tina Turner, Madonna, Chris Cornell, Jack White, Alicia Keys, <coughs> Sam Smith. And Adele. And aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Speaking of Adele, Adele has lost a ton of weight. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, she uh, uh, apparently was spotted recently showing off her healthy physique. She's been going to the <coughs> gym every day. She gets her workout in the first thing in the morning um, and um, a couple of times a week for private sessions as well. Um, but yeah, we all knew Adele is kind of the, the, the larger, yeah. but here's a recent photo of Adele just showing off her, oh, yeah. her, yeah, her, she, her new she look. look a lot she's better. still a little curvy. Yeah. She's still curvy, but yeah. I think she's perfect now. Yeah. Um, she's got to keep that butt, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as into the butts as some people are, but. Really? Oh, okay. Really? I like, uh. What do you, what do you like? I like, uh, I like a lean look. Okay. That's, uh, James, that's I, I know you're into the butt because you like. Because <laughs> 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 a lot of sisters have. I like it. my I like my wife's physique. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. a, a lot no, of sisters. A lot of course, of, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say too. A I lot like of sisters. A lot of sisters have ample booties. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, something that you're attracted to? And you know. My wife is African American and yeah. she has a nice butt. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> 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 nice, nice, nice. Uh, boob guy. Uh, I'm more of a boob guy. You're yeah. a boob guy. Okay. Natural, enhanced. Uh, natural is pretty good. I like natural, guys. See, I don't enhances, know. Like, I don't yeah. know. They're just not. They're just I like natural, too. too. I like natural whether big or small, if, if, that, if that's fair, because when grabbing, you want it to feel natural. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, we're um, going into a different territory here. This is now. below the belt show, guys. <laughs> oh, so. This completely just like <laughs> went the other direction on that one. But, uh, <laughs> this is really below the belt show. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for us to get into that territory. Um, I, one of my favorite weekends in D.C. is the White House Correspondents Weekend. We're so many great events. We always have a good time with that. Um, last year we were a part of the Samantha Bee um, not the White House Correspondent Dinner, um, the UTA party as well. Mm-hmm. Um, com- comedy is coming back to the to DC mm-hmm. as Keenan Thompson will be hosting um, along with Hajan Mi- Minhaj. Yeah. Hassan Minhaj. Thank you, fellow <laughs> Middle Eastern. In, in, uh, He's awesome. <laughs> Hassan Minhaj, yeah. like, have you ever seen his show on Netflix? It's fantastic. We'll see, there you go. Is he related to Nicki Minhaj? <laughs> Don't think so, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> yeah, his show is smart as shit. It's like a you know kind what? of like because yeah. he used to be on the Daily Show, and so it's right. like one of those like comedic inform- informational. But aren't shows. you happy comedy's coming back to the White House? Yeah, because they went away with comedy. I think for the past two, ye- 
was last year or the year before? Because I know Michelle Wolf was the last comedian. Mm. They didn't was go it with because comedy. people were protesting, or was it a just? A yeah, I guess because yeah, I guess no one really wanted to take up the task, you know, because of all the scrutiny, you know, because they're afraid of offending somebody, you mm. know. Mm. I don't know. That's what comics do, you know. They they it's observational. They they sometimes will poke fun See, of I'm people. A yeah, yeah. Offender. Michelle Wolf. Yes. Michelle Wolf made fun of. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, one of one of the uh, Sarah one of, Huckabee Sanders. Sarah, I couldn't remember her yeah. first name. Yeah. yeah, fucking liar, Sarah Huckabee, <laughs> and she she threw a temper tantrum about it. Yeah. And so like they, um, you know they they decided to go in a different direction. There you go. Yeah. And that's you know what, it's like it. you know they were fucking pussies and they should have <laughs> you know they should have fucking taken taken her more to task. But like, wow. but Huckabee's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> she had the smoky eye with it. She she burned all her lies and created the perfect exactly smoky eye. exactly, <laughs> which is a great joke. That is that a, a perfect funny, joke. A funny joke. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I give it to her. She was sweet. I I met, I met her at the party, uh, the UTA party, the night before. Mm-hmm. Uh, she hosted, so it was pretty cool. Um. Yes, General, your your invitation will be coming soon. Awesome. All right. Um, <laughs> so, um, there's a couple of really sad passings that I have to mention. Mm. One um, name is somebody I work with, but there's a lot of actresses uh, and actors and 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 public figures that have passed away way too young. So mm-hmm. let's start with a few of Was them. Was it Kirk Douglas? We talked about Kirk Douglas um, last week. Don't think you can okay. say way too young <laughs> yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had another 20 years left in him. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he defied all the odds at 103. Yeah. That's, pretty, yeah. that's a good, nice long line. I mean, he yeah. had he he wound up having like he had a stroke like 25 years ago, I mm. think. That long ago, right? Yeah, yeah, and but still managed to pull through. Yeah. yeah. So um, this is really sad. This is. Um, the former fiance of Drew Carey. Mm. Her name is Amy oh, Harwick. Yeah. She's a Hollywood family and sex therapist. Oh, um, she was killed at her Hollywood Hills home at the age of 38. Apparently, uh, there was an altercation with her former boyfriend um, at the residence, and apparently, he was uh, arrested on suspicion of murder. Oh, that's but horrifying. Apparently, um, they found out, yeah, basically she was, I think, pushed over um, a balcony of some sorts, wow. uh, s- fell se- several stories, um, and, um, yeah, um, was gravely injured um, on the ground beneath a third-story balcony. Well, so oh that's man. what happened there. Um, really, really sad. Um, so definitely they, ru- they ruled the, inc- the um, incident a homicide. Um, due to a blunt force trauma to the head and torso. Mm. Um, yeah, this guy's locked up. He is uh, he's facing a $2 million bail right now if he wants to get out. But mm. I don't know if he's got that money. <laughs> but um, He's not going to win on The Price is Right. They actually um, they, they, um, decided to um, halt production on The Price is Right. Oh, did he? I oh, guess man. he was still very close oh, with man. his ex-fiancé. They weren't together anymore. I thought they were yeah. But uh, they decided to halt production on The Price is Right. Um, obviously, he's still very distraught. Yeah. And, uh, hmm. you know, that's certainly really, really sad, too. Um, this is also sad. Um, Caroline Flack, she's the former host of the U.K. reality show Love Island. I know Big Nick loved that show, the U.K. reality show. 
Um, she apparently um, hung herself, dude. Um, yeah. That is depressing. Yeah, really, really sad. Um, she was only 40 years old. Um, um, yeah, I mean, anytime it's it's someone this young, and, and we don't know what she was going through, but... Um, she must have really had some demons. Yeah, absolutely. And that's... Uh, that's it's especially, you know, you think about like, you know, her job was to be the host of a reality show, which was about love, about, about love. And yeah. so mm. to be a reality show host, I mean, you have to have a very specific kind of personality and exactly. like charisma and everything. That's, yeah. And, and you have to have a really yeah, dark, right. a dark secret or some demons that, that, that we don't yeah. even know about. So well, I mean, coming from a music industry, you know, there's <coughs> all kinds of people who just lonely out there and it catches up to them Chris Cornell Chester yeah, Bennington yeah, you're right you know it's just it's a shame Kurt Cobain Kurt Cobain it's just tragedy upon tragedy man um, undisclosed uh, cause of death but Jason Davis best known as the voice of Mikey Blumberg on Disney Channel's recess mm-hmm. that at the age of 35 oh, um, again another young death dude mm-hmm. and the latest one um, a rap artist um, a rapper by the name of Pop Smoke at the young age of 20, guys, um, apparently um, he uh, there was an uh, unknown number of suspects entering a residence in Hollywood, and they shot uh, the rapper Pop, um, and apparently he was pronounced dead. Um, he had collaborated with Travis Scott, oh, um, and again, it, it's it's really sad yeah, because so much. Uh, Nipsey Hussle was was another rapper that was like tragically was, killed. Was that gang related right, at all? Or right right outside his store. Mm-hmm. This might have been gang related, uh, but this was. It's it just, seems like there's a lot of gang related deaths in like the rap business. Yeah, it wasn't uh, confirmed, but um, it was just an unknown number of suspects that entered in. I guess his home in, in Los Angeles. That very much sounds gang related. Yeah. I mean, of course, like, I don't know enough about the situation to really make a conclusion like that, but that's like the knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, so apparently, um, this is not even Pop Smoke's house. This was a home owned by Edwin Arovyev, who is uh, married to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Teddy Mellencamp, Hmm. Um, and uh, Pop Smoke was actually renting the home at the time. Man, that is sad. Is, yeah. Really sad. All right, so this is one that was really sad for me because I got to work th- with her on a film called All in Time. She's a veteran actress by the name of uh, Lynn Cohen. Um, All in Time was an independent film that actually did fairly well. Um, shot that in Pennsylvania. Okay. Lancaster. And um, she was best known for playing Magda in Sex in the City. Mm. Also uh, known for her role in The Hunger Games. Um, right. Catching Fire, the second one. You remember her as one of the, um, I guess, the tributes uh, that was selected to play the game. And she was the older woman that was mm-hmm. kind of was on the back of the of uh, one of the other okay. contestants. Yeah. yeah. She kind of rode in the back of that person. And yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. man, that's a shame. She man. had a really nice role on Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Um, is she local from here or is she? No, she's not. Look, she's from New York. Um, she she you know, she was the, you know, the main one of the main yeah. um, actresses uh, in that film. Um, but um, yeah, super sad, man. Super sad. Um, also, another a veteran um, Broadway act- actress named Zoe Caldwell. Um, 
who's also done film and television, won four, four Tony Awards. Ooh. Died the same age as Lynn Cohen, age of 86. Right. Um, this is due to Parkinson's uh, mm. disease. Uh, Janet Dubois. Speaking of Parkinson's, you yeah. heard about Ozzy, right? Is this Parkinson's getting worse? He's going for treatment right now. He canceled all his tours. Wow. Mm. So, but he had, he had already disclosed that he had Parkinson's. Yeah, yeah so he, yeah. He's, he's getting, my grandfather had that, so I mean, he's getting treated now, so hopefully. God, God willing, he's going to be okay, man. Mm. I know he was, uh, he presented at the Grammy Awards yeah, with his did. wife, yeah. with uh, yeah. Sharon. Um, wow, it goes on, guys. Janet Dubois uh, was known for uh, the role of Wal- Walona Woods on Good Times. Mm-hmm. Died at the age of it's 74. It's so crazy that I remember, remember her? that. <laughs> you remember her? <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. I was like, Janet Dubois. That sounds so familiar. Yeah. And yeah. Age of 74. She passed away. Hmm. She's She was only 74. She's mm-hmm. a lot younger than I thought she was. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Esther Scott, who appeared in Boys in the Hood. And you, you'd like this. Voice Shodu in the Ewok series. <laughs> Guest starred on dozens of TV star- series. Had... Died due to a heart attack at the age of 66. Mm. Man. Kelly Nakahara, Japanese-American actress known as Nurse Kelly on MASH, died at the age of 72. Um, so, yeah, those are some sad passings. Yeah, yeah. That that and, um, yeah know, this seems like a pretty <clears throat> heavy week when it comes to passings. That's a lot of people. It's been a heavy, heavy couple months. Of course, Kobe Bryant as well. Yeah. <laughs> Who will have a celebration of life on February twenty fourth? And uh, let's bring on our special guest, guys. Okay, who is it? Let's get some. Let's get happy here. Yeah. Well, hopefully she'll call back. (laughs) 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 But yes, Kobe will have um, a public memorial service. This is um for him and his daughter Gianna Bryant um, on Monday, uh, February twenty fourth, at the Staples Center. You can actually purchase tickets, which will go to the Mamba and Mambasita Sports Foundation. And interestingly enough, tickets cost $224 or $2402, uh, which the number 24, which was represented <laughs> so famously. All right, guys. Our special guest of the evening is on the line right now. Actress extraordinaire, Lisa Marie <laughs> Di Giacinto from... CW's DC's Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> Let's bring her on. Lisa Marie. <laughs> Hello. How are you guys? Hey. Hey there. What's up, Lisa Marie? Good to have hey. you on Below the Belt. Thank you so much for having me. Wow. So you're coming off a pretty steamy episode of uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, I guess we could talk a couple of things that were on the episode. Things got kind of hot and heavy with you and Dominic Purcell. They did, yeah. I think that they probably were uh, in the past and probably just uh, steamed right up again as soon as we saw each other. Now, I got to admit, now, it's a great show. Um, I wanted to watch your episode and then see your episode. I guess jumping in and not you know, seeing previous episodes, I guess things can get kind of lost, but... Uh, General Zod, I brought in our resident <laughs> DC Legends Tomorrow expert in studio, so oh. you can help us out. My here. name's not really General Zod, in case you're wondering. <laughs> 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 because it is a DC but theme, I get it, I get it. Yeah, the um, but yeah, I've always been a really huge fan of that show, so it's exciting to have you here. And you can, I unfortunately, because I've been a... You, you got a chance to see it. I haven't had a chance to but see I, it. But I, I got a chance to see yeah, it. And, um, 
I yeah, I know, right? The expert here hasn't seen it yet. But yeah. I gotta admit, wow, there's uh, there's a lot of more story to tell uh, with you and, and Mick, I guess, right? With Allie and Mick. Yeah, yeah. I guess basically, um, we re meet at our high school reunion in 2004. So you know, the show goes back in time, which is really awesome about the show. It's uh, exciting. It's fun. You get to be in different different times and different clothing and that sort of thing. That's um, awesome. Class of '89. Class of '89. So I guess what it starts as is that I'm kind of like. Uh, his high school sweetheart, and I was kind of, um, I was kind of a bad girl in high school, and so was he. And it ended, he ended up breaking my heart at the end of it because he uh, he st- stood me up at prom so he could uh, go do a beanie with his buddies, and ended up in juvie. And uh, I guess I just continued to, I forgave him and and uh, continued to like love him and try and contact him while he was in jail and wrote him letters and that sort of thing. And he, he never really got out in time, and then we kind of just drifted apart. Then fast forward to 2004, uh, turns into like an 80s slasher flick with um, with a serial killer on the loose, and um, he's just trying to fix that. And then something happens to me. For those who haven't watched yet, and then he kind of gets on a vengeance <laughs> to figure that out. And at first, he doesn't really admit that I'm anybody special. But then we find out throughout the episode that um, I am in fact like his kind of high school sweetheart kind of thing. I love yeah. that. So cool. So when he, uh, yeah. <laughs> when he, I guess when he, I guess couldn't figure out initially where he knew you from, he uh, ended up uh, <laughs> calling himself Dick instead of Mick, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Well, I, I think he was doing that on purpose. Right. I don't think he was doing. I don't think he was doing it by accident. I, I think he was. You know, Mick is definitely the kind of character who doesn't show a lot of emotion. So, oh, he does. Sorry, one emotion: anger. <laughs> but if you go to you know uh, that, you? <laughs> yes, <laughs> but if you go to last week uh, uh, last night's episode, I guess they alluded to uh, more than anger is that he actually has feelings and and uh, is thinking about Allie. Oh, did I actually I actually missed it last night because I was. Uh, <laughs> you can't miss your own episodes. Go <laughs> back and tell this morning, but. Uh, Okay. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and he also alluded, they alluded to um, he, symptoms that he wasn't feeling well because he hasn't felt an emotion of love before and alluded to um, maybe that uh, that your character had an STD. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, oh, I, did. I did know about that. Yes, I did know about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, keep laughing, guys. Keep laughing. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when I, I would, when I came when I was when I was on set doing that episode, like on my la- my third day on set, uh, like I'm the I'm always like I'm in the know with the um, uh, makeup and hair girls, and they're like, so uh, pretty sure Mick thinks or Ali gives Mick an STD, or they think that she does or something, and I'm like, what? Really? That's where you're going with my character? <laughs> like this is a progressive show, but yeah. <laughs> come on. So it was a pretty <laughs> steamy uh, uh, prom scene. Um, uh, how how did you enjoy shooting your uh, little makeout session with Dominic? It was real fun, <laughs> and the director. <laughs> I mean, what's the answer to that? <laughs> I think there's only one answer to that. It was it was real fun, uh, and it was really fun. Everyone was so like open, and the doors were shut, and um, uh, everyone was super respectful. And the makeup makeup women came up and like, do you want to come? Do you want to mint? Here's a mint. Dom was really, really respectful and um, so nice and open and, 
And the funny thing about that scene was, like, I got to just, like, go for it. Like, there was a lot of stuff that happened in a couple of our scenes that we just kind of played off each other, and it kind of, I think, made them better. And they kept them all in the cuts and everything. Hmm. Some certain ad-libbing and stuff. And uh, just the even little moments with even, like, the makeout scene that was just, you know, you could tell there's a little bit of comedy in it, too, because it's just, like, kind of crazy, and we just get together so fast, and then... <laughs> I love you know, like, the gun joke. Go up the we gun. Did that a couple of different times, a couple of different ways. <laughs> <laughs> the the gun joke that that really got me. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it, wasn't <laughs> it wasn't my joke. You can uh, you can blame it on the writers for that one. <laughs> <laughs> was your prom that exciting? Was your own personal prom that exciting? Um. Well, no. I would mean, I would say no. No one was a serial I think killer. All of us that. around. All of us in the room here uh, had pretty lame prom experiences compared to Allie. Yeah, I guess you're yeah. right. Yeah, well, that was the re- that was a reunion, and I actually didn't go to my reunion. You never I went don't to. I think your... I had one actually. Oh, you never went to your reunion, but but well, I don't think I've had one yet. Oh, okay, but you did you enjoy your prom? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I went with a, I actually went with a friend, so it was just a bunch of friends together at my prom, and um, yeah, so it wasn't as much theme or anything but it was a good time and then one of our one of our friends parents offered to let us all tent out in the backyard and we were drinking beer and everything else so it was, it was really fun okay. so what can we expect but it wasn't what can we expect like that. yeah yeah no doubt what can we expect for the future of Allie um I don't even know what to really expect for the future of Allie I know what you know what things have done so far you have more episodes really coming up though much. yeah I do have more episodes coming up and nice, I'm like, nice. what else can I tell you? And um, that's a, that's one of those shows where like characters do come back a fair amount and reappear. So uh, yeah, because you could yeah, always go so, back I'm in so time. I'm so grateful to have gotten that role. Awesome, yeah. You, so look look for a possible recurring for Allie. <clears throat> yeah, well, let's just say there will be a recurring for Allie. Yeah, Allie awesome. awesome. <laughs> that's good. That's good to hear. Did you initially? Um, were you initially a fan of? Of Legends? Uh, yeah. Well, I had watched it a little bit, and then I kind of, I just kind of stopped watching it for a bit. And then when I got the audition, I started watching it again. I'm like, oh, this is the last time I watched it. And then when I got the role, I just binged the whole thing all weekend. Oh, sweet! And realized how much better and better it was getting. I don't know. I just love the characters. I love the like new the the nuances. The writers are so good. They're so funny. All the inside jokes they make, like they even <laughs> make inside jokes about other other shows. And if if you're a fan of other CW shows and everything else you'll notice what they're talking about and it's it's quite it's quite funny if you get all the jokes. Yeah. So I was really, really yeah, I love I love a lot of the jokes on the episode I watch. In general you've watched a lot more episodes than I have. Yeah, I have. And it, you would say it's a very it's one of the more comedic of yeah, the CW it, shows. It's a very fun show because it gets so weird. And like uh, <laughs> it's not as uh, it doesn't take itself as seriously as a no. lot of the other Arrowverse shows do and I think that it really helps it out a lot. Like I, I see here, um, I see here that uh, you're you're actually you've actually done another role in an Arrowverse show. Like oh, you were on The Flash. Snap! Can they do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> not anymore, I guess. Now, now I'm for every CW show. Just kidding. Um, uh, yeah, I just you know what? It was a really small role. I was in Arrow too, but it was really really small. But, um, uh, I did so there, so there's three people in the Arrow universe that look exactly like, like you. you. I know, <laughs> different times. Yeah, it's, I have a, I have, I have a, I'm a triplet. 
You're a triplet. <laughs> that explains everything. <laughs> so She's I, a time traveling triplet. That's, that's what it is. Those are my superpowers that I can um, triple myself. Mm-hmm. I can clone myself. I think that would be pretty awesome, considering you're you're quite the quite the attractive uh, lady there, Lisa Marie. Oh, thank you. Can can never <laughs> get enough Lisa Marie. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> how was the audition well, process? How was the audition process for uh, the alley role? And I guess they they didn't really care that you were an Arrow and and the Flash. No, they were quite small roles. Like the Flash was only one scene, and I was actually a newscaster on t- on TV on the TV. So Got like that. they were they the leads were in the just watching me on TV, and I was like this evening's news that kind of that kind of newscaster, mm-hmm. right? So it was quite a, a very fast flash, and the character was so different that I don't even think anybody would recognize me from that. It but was super fast. Cool. So how about the audition process? Well, did that go pretty smoothly? Was it... Um, like, did the producers even realize that, that you <laughs> played another role? in the th- I, I don't even know, like, how seriously they take See, that stuff. Sometimes they probably you don't, don't let them you know. Had, <laughs> you're getting me in trouble here. No, I'm just kidding. She already booked the role. You can't. You can't. Yeah, backtrack. I guess I can't. <laughs> All right, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna no, screw no, no. anything up for you. <laughs> no, no, no. But you killed no, no, the audition. No, you no, killed the no, audition. No. I'm guessing. I I heard I did. Well, it was one of those auditions that I got, and it was really easy for me to mem- memorize. And I had a whole bunch of other stuff going on, another audition, and I just kind of forgot about it. But like doing it was really easy for me, and the way she talks and she's kind of sassy and everything, and I'm just like, eh, easy for me. I mean. I wasn't. I'm not. A, I'm not. I wasn't really a goody two shoes growing up, so it wasn't very hard for me to get into the character. And um, yeah, so I don't know. There were the lines, and at first, and the audition scenes, the audition scenes were just. Were, they were that first scene that I did where I'm like Mick McRory, and then the second scene where I'm like kind of being a little softer and finding out what he would have thought about us, and then I get that. Um, but those were the only scenes, so I didn't know anything else about it. As far as I knew, the audition was very low pressure because it was just like a role, and I'd already done bigger roles, not in CW, like not in, uh, sorry, Legends, but other other larger roles. So it wasn't like a whole lot of dialogue to memorize. It wasn't that weird of a situation for me to understand, and the character wasn't that different than me. And I don't know, it just it just felt like it was very easy and natural. And a lot of a lot of times you'll find yourself pushing, pushing, pushing because you're not feeling that natural with something. And those are usually the roles that you don't get normally in in my in my experience as an actor. Right. Um, so that was one of them. And I just went in and we played around with it, and it felt super casual. Like you didn't really have a whole lot of nerves. Or sometimes, if I'm not feeling the character as much, I'll get more nerves. And it just felt really good. And I was like, yeah, that's you know, it felt <clears> like the way I talk and everything else. Awesome. I mean, obviously within given the circumstances and understanding her background is not the same as mine, but. It just felt super natural. <laughs> super natural. Right on. Yeah. Um, how was your experience uh, working on uh, Travelers? Oh, I love Travelers. Oh, man. Eric McCormick's the greatest, and uh, all the, the writers, and uh, Brad, the producer. and uh, I, Yeah, I had great, a great director, too. Everything was awesome. It was, it was so good, and it was fun, and it was emotional, too, because I was... Uh, did, you guys, did you watch that episode or no? I, I have not. I wish I had now. Now that I'm a new fan of Lisa Marie's, I'm going to watch. <laughs> There's Thank reason you. enough well, to watch it now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great show and, and uh, great great actors and great producers. and Yeah. Um, I, have, I actually am a reader for casting sometimes. So when people come into their auditions, I'm the person reading against them. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So I, uh, so I, have, I had read for Travelers. I had read for all, all, the, all the series leads. Um, 
And I know them all from acting with them here, because a lot of them are actually local, which is amazing about that show. Um, or grew up here, you know, some of them moved to LA or whatever. And, and um, but I had... Where does that film at? It's at Vancouver, right? In Vancouver, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing about Vancouver. Uh, it's the Hollywood of the North. There's so many great productions there. I, f- I feel yeah, like... It's a, it's a great city to, to be an actor. Th- in. Yes, and it, exactly, General, because it's just a great way for actors to, to get on all these amazing productions that shoot in Vancouver. Um, do you feel that staying in Vancouver is um, the key right now, or do you feel moving eventually to Los Angeles... Uh, Angeles would be the way to go eventually. Uh, how do you feel? I definitely feel like going to LA is definitely where I, where I want to be. Not not just for opportunity. Obviously for opportunity, yes, but also for um, probably I mean, the weather. Happiness. I, I love I love the sun. I love the sun. <laughs> you I mean, love the sun. Very beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I like I like being in the sun. I like being around water, and uh, it's just somewhere I want to be. So ideally, if I could, you know, live there, work, live here some of the time, work on stuff here, and able to do both that would be my like ideal life that is awesome yeah you got to keep a, a residence a residence both in la and vancouver i have yet to visit vancouver i i, I need to put that on my uh i have yet to vacation. do either or yeah wow. you guys are in toronto we're actually not in toronto we're in maryland actually baltimore maryland oh yeah isn't that a toronto number oh. <laughs> we don't have a toronto <laughs> no. ashley ashley's become a very good friend of mine so we've been uh, we, uh, her, and uh, the other great uh, PR company in Vancouver, M Public Relations, have sent yeah, so m- they've sent sent up so many great talent, um, and uh, and including yourself. So I mean, thank you. Yeah, I think it's that's so so cool. Another- so Lisa Marie, I um, looking through your filmography, and one thing that that caught my eye, and it probably uh, <laughs> is uh, the fact that you played Paula Abdul in a an. Oh, old- I- <laughs> in an unauthorized, um, what, what was it? The unauthorized story of Full House. Tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, unauthorized. Uh, honestly, it was like it was. It was. I didn't have any. I didn't even have any lines. I just. So the whole story between that is basically that Uncle Jesse from Full House. Oh, uh, really, Lisa? I can't remember his name right now. Um, John Stamos. John Stamos. John Stamos. Uh, so yeah. at the time, yeah. So what they're doing is talking about like the the life of the actors on the show and where it went and why whether they were happy or not just like all the goods on that that's why it's the real life story of the unauthorized story so the uncle so john samos was actually dating paul abdul in the height of her um uh, fame okay. and uh, yeah. she was married sweetheart at the time and he was trying to build himself and now he's on like in his eye in his mind he was on this dumb kids show and he just wanted to be a serious actor blah blah, blah and everything else and he didn't seem to like the fact that she got so much attention. So that was a big part of his life at the time and how they, how him and Paula broke up. I suppose that was what they were trying to portray. And oh, I guess okay. the person looked most like Paula Abdul got the role. And I yeah. guess it was me. So, so, so you weren't able to rock out to uh, Forever Your Girl or Straight Up or anything like that? I mean, I mean, I did just to put it in my body. Don't worry. But I didn't do a dance or anything. I, didn't. Nice. I asked him if I could sing and do a little ditty, but yeah. They're like, we don't have enough time for that. <laughs> so I'm reading here in your bio that uh, the awesome Ashley Buck provided for us, uh, that you're originally from Toronto, uh, Toronto Ontario. Um, so you I'm actually, from Thunder Bay. Yeah, Thunder Bay. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. So you actually relocated to Calgary because of the film industry. Well, I, I was originally going to Toronto, but 
as it so worked, my friends who lived in Toronto at the time didn't want to stay there. So we ended up deciding on, we want to be in a big city, but not too big. Yeah. And uh, we went to Calgary instead. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try to be an actor in Calgary for a bit. And, um, you know, at that time, there wasn't a lot going on that I knew of. Or you, you kind of need to know the industry. It's a, bit, it's a bit mysterious that way. If you don't know people in the industry, it's very hard to get in and understand what the right thing to do is. Because there's a lot of people who put up Craigslist ads and, you know, it's not, it's not oh, really the right or most professional thing when, mm-hmm. when you go to it, right? So that mm-hmm. kind of happened a couple times. I ended up not doing it for a while, and then I ended up bumping into people who uh, were also actors, like actors for film and TV in, in Calgary, and that's kind of where I started there. And then started taking classes there and learning how to act for film and TV and did a play and all kinds of stuff, and then decided that if I wanted to do this, I could, I'd move to Vancouver. But it was a step in the right direction, but it kind of went backwards a little bit and then went back forward. Okay. And I think you, you mentioned earlier about being involved with casting. I, I, yeah, that, I think that's really cool. Do you feel like being uh, helping out with the casting process has also helped you as an actor? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. there's, there's good and bad with it. So, like, yeah. with the casting, sometimes, sometimes you know too much. Yeah. You know, sometimes you don't need to hear things because you can sometimes um, put other people's criticism on yourself. And that's not right because that's kind of creating something that's not true about yourself. Yeah. For instance, I mean, like anything like, uh, I don't even know. I'm just, I'm making something up. But like, let's say that person's not right because um, they, I'll just be very general. They, they don't have enough credit or something. And I hear yeah. someone say that about someone. So then I, you could assume that that's about you when you're first starting out. So it could be like negative in that way if you take everything uh, personally, even though it's not about you. Or you can just be the actor who's aware of things and all possibilities and kind of keep your mind and your heart open to the possibilities. And then with respect to reading, my ability to be able to read with all these, like all the top actors in the city when they come in for audition right. has done nothing but help me. It's just amazing. On top of, it's so great to be able to, to pick up a script and be able to read the scene with these great actors. And just be in the moment, even though you don't know the lines. Because for a long time, when I was at, when I started acting, it was like I had to know every single line. I had to know it right away. Um, and that would be the thing that kind of stopped me from being able to be in the moment. But when you do that so many times for days in a row and for six hours, and you work with these great actors, and you just kind of get more comfortable being authentic and in the moment. Even yeah. though you didn't have a much, enough, <laughs> as much prep time, which is exactly how it would be on a series. I know exactly what it's like. Right? I just had an audition okay. today. You had an audition today? Yeah. Big Paul? Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. You did? Are you an actor too? Yes. Uh, um, the majority of us are actually are, are actors here. Actors interviewing actors. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. <laughs> Um, Lisa Marie, yeah. this is uh, this has been great chatting with you on Below the Belt show. I am looking forward to seeing more of Ali on DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Are there any other upcoming projects that we uh, we should be promoting and talking about? Uh, well, I mean, I just did uh, a smaller role in a an Aurora Tea Garden mystery. Cool. It's a Hallmark uh, movie of the week. I don't know if you guys know those murder mysteries. You know Hallmark's got a channel murder mysteries and stuff right now? Yes, we do. Hallmark yeah. murders and mysteries. So it's one of those. I mean, I mean, we're so lucky to have so many of them going on so that we can get lots of roles. And That's awesome. Well, yeah, doing that in between uh, our other stuff. So it's, it's been great. So I did a small, I don't know, that should be, should be out in about three months. I don't know if that's, it's on my IMDb yet, but it will be soon. Cool. And then there's the odd thing that's always kind of happening. 
awesome. Of course, upcoming episodes on CW's DC's Legends of Tomorrow. So we'll, we will be tuning in to yeah, uh, definitely check upcoming it out. episodes to so make sure we see more of Allie <laughs> on the show. <laughs> you will. Lisa Marie, before we let you go, if you could, let us know who you are. Uh, throw out your character from DC's Legends, Legends of Tomorrow. And then let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. Yeah, yeah, just like a little promo for a show, like we could play back and just okay. say, "Hi, I'm Lisa Marie from DC Legends Tomorrow." You can um, say something uh, clever. You be, so, yeah, <laughs> you, you can say a joke. To. You can say a plug. You can say a quote. Whatever. Oh my God, the pressure's on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whatever. Yep. Hey, it's Lisa Marie DiGiacinto. I am playing Allie on DC Le- DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Currently uh, having a great time on Below the Belt and uh, looking forward to spending a lot more time uh, talking to you guys. Awesome. Awesome. And spending more time with Mick Rory. Yeah, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe singing some straight up. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up, now tell me. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Lisa Marie, that was awesome. We look forward to more episodes uh, of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Thanks so much for calling in the Below the Belt. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. Great interview. That was awesome. She's awesome. Yeah, she was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So, the classic cut. So, when I watched this episode of DC's Legends tomorrow, this is very fitting. 89? I actually uh, thought that this particular... It's not Paula Abdul, song. is it? Oh, you gotta no, do some Paula Abdul Paul, now. Well, it, it was it was featured in the episode, so it made yeah. me think. Oh wow, this is a classic, classic song from 1989. Mm-hmm. So if I can find it here, so this is a Belinda Carlisle. Yeah. Heaven is a place on earth. That is a great song. So here we go, guys. That's we'll be very back. 1989. <laughs> we'll be back here on BTV. Songs available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and BelowTheBeltShow.com. Yeah, man. 
you're just telling us off the air about your amazing audition, which I guess we, uh, we both auditioned well, for the I same show. Really That's interesting. Um, you're you're almost like. Are there any times that you can talk about auditions, or is it pretty well, much they, standard? Uh, well, it's not well. It, I personally don't like to talk about it because you don't want to necessarily jinx it. And mm-hmm. you know, nine times out of ten, it's not you're not going to book. That's just yeah. the sad reality of it. Mm. That one out of ten ch- chance that you would book. Yeah, that's when you announce it. Announce when you book it. Yeah, we uh, as actors we always audition. So it's like I I don't post for every single audition, and I think I might have talked about this one because I happened to audition on President's Day, which I thought that was kind of funny. Hey, that kind of uh, works out perfect. Yeah, for you. <laughs> so there you go. So, so you might have actually had an advantage now. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, man, we we zoom through this uh, news. Uh, just a couple more things to talk about because. I know Big Paul. Uh, we're going to talk about some WWE stuff because okay. we, we haven't been talking about that for a while. But uh, so Pete Davidson actually um, had um, uh, he's got a great film coming out. There was a hit at Sundance <coughs> called B- Big Time Adolescence. You got to check it out. I think it's going to. I be still can't figure out how he gets the women he gets. He gets he gets the most gorgeous women in Hollywood. And he's somehow. like the goofiest looking dude. Exactly. Well, I guess there's a lot to be said about being funny and shameless. <laughs> right. So he p- performed a stand-up set um, at Caroline's on Broadway and told the crowd he had worked on some of his material while he was at a treatment center in Arizona. And he actually uh, shared the pseudonym of Howard at the center and joked about hanging out at the butt hut where patients smoke cigarettes. Um, according to the report... I was hanging out at a place called the Butt Hut. Wasn't a place where you smoke. <laughs> sounds cigarettes, like a gay though. bar. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a like bar? a place from Police Academy. <laughs> yeah. Was that what it was? No, I'm okay. kidding. That was a joke. J O K E. Yeah. So the, the the comedian also joked about signing a pledge that he wouldn't kill himself until the New York Knicks won the championship, and reportedly said that he had five more years to go. Um, <clears throat> He actually joked that he was going on a little vacation and the kind of vacation where insurance pays for some of it. They take your phone and shoelaces and you have roommates, but it still costs like a hundred grand and that's alluding to rehab, as yep. you know. Yeah. He's, he's been he in made it. that joke on Saturday Live, right? Yeah. Is he still on SNL? Yeah. Or did they kick him yeah, off? This is that? this is during the, the um, SNL, right. Um so uh yeah, he's dating like Cindy Crawford's daughter. Yeah, yeah, it's like, and before that, it was dated Margaret Qualley, who's a smoke show. Then prior to that, dating Kate Beckinsale, and then before that, what Ariana Grande. He also he also loves to traverse the very ages, the various ages. Yeah, Kate Beckinsale's got to be old enough to be his mom. <laughs> I think I think it's a twenty year difference. She's now, in so yeah. she's in her early forties. Yeah. I want to say. Yeah, and and Pete's twenty five. There's a twenty year difference. I think yeah. she's forty five. She's twenty five. Yeah, and Ariana Grande is what twenty one. Mm-hmm. She's older than that. Oh, no. she's older than that now. Yeah, on the mic. Oh yeah, yeah she's older than that. <laughs> older than that. Yeah. <laughs> so this is news. So our, our our famous or infamous uh, doctor. resident doctor Lickalotopus yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, claims to be the expert in everything vagina. Well, anyways, so Gwyneth Paltrow had a candle. I think it was uh, a while ago. Mm-hmm. That supposedly smelled like um, her vagina. <laughs> Now Erica Baidu created an incense that actually smells like a vagina because it actually is. She actually burned her pan her actual panties really? for this incense. Yeah, she she burned <laughs> actual panties 
for this incense, which is insane. That is crazy. Um, <laughs> so like- apparently there's an urban legend that her pussy changes men and men that I f- that she falls in love that that she falls in love with fall in love with her, change jobs and lives, and she calls it a superpower of a product. She took a pair of her panties, cut them up in little pieces, burned them, and the ash is part of it. What <laughs> the fuck, dude? How? I bet you that's an expensive item, isn't that it? Yeah, is well, I'm thinking, like, like how, how many of these candles were produced? Like, you know, because unless she's, like, <laughs> burning burning a pair of panties, like, every day, you can't, Well, she like, might be burning a pair of panties every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. She sells it on her website, Badoo World Market. It launches February 20th. So yeah. um, that's tomorrow. <laughs> Another gossip news, Rick Costner, an actor known for The Flash and Vampire Diaries, uh, had come out as uh, gay. Um, he just posted uh, an Instagram post um, and decided to live his truth. So if you didn't know, now you know. Now we know. Um, Celebrity engagement news includes uh, Amanda Bynes. Mm. You know, she was like bipolar. She yeah, was, uh, she had she had like a right? uh, pretty dramatic episode. Yes. Like, uh, is I she don't know, better now? Or the she, last time I heard, she retired about her. from acting. She's pursuing like a fashion degree at the Fashion Institute, the F- FIDM. Um, but she's supposedly doing okay now. I heard she, but, was like, uh, she was definitely institutionalized, wasn't she? She was institutionalized. Yeah. yeah. But she accepted a proposal from a mystery man that she has not revealed yet who it was. Well, good for her. I'm yeah. glad she's getting her life on track. Yeah. You know, because that's uh, – it's uh, – especially, you know, for a child actress, you know, yeah. that that really fucks with your mind. And now it's a mystery man, Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, a new Hollywood couple, a couple includes Bill Hader and Rachel Bilson. Did you guys know about this? Did one? not. Wow. So Rachel Bilson recently split from Hayden Christensen, Anakin Skywalker, and uh, I thought Bill Hader. Okay, well, I didn't I, know who Bill Hader was romantically linked to before. Well, Bill Hader was married and had like six kids. Holy hell! Oh man! Yeah. Wow. So apparently his marriage is over. But Jeez. Um, wow. Are you That's, sure? You no, know, I guess maybe not. But yeah. uh, but he had a lot of kids. I remember reading That's that, and um, I mean, super funny guy and yeah. super yep. great in that show. Um, whose name is totally escaping me now. Oh, Barry? Barry, yeah, Barry. that's it. Incredible show, by the way. Yeah. I've watched a few episodes. Um, and also, he was awesome on this show on IFC called Democracy Now. I mean, not Democracy, mm-hmm. Documentary Now, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, they, they do, like, these parodies of all these different favorite, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. famous documentaries, and that was a fantastic <laughs> show. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, Celebrity Splits, of course, is not uh, all Valentine's Day lovey-dovey for everyone. That's um, one Bill Hader. Uh, this is Riverdale actress Madeline Patch and her boyfriend Travis Mills have ended their relationship after three years. Um, celebrity baby news includes Enrique Iglesias and Anna Kornikova. Mm. The singer and the tennis uh, star welcomed their third child. A couple birthdays today on uh, Wednesday, um, February 19th. Legendary um, singer, songwriter, Smokey Robinson. Mm. 80 today. Oh, man. Happy birthday. Um also, actor Jeff Daniels, who I got to work with uh, yeah. last year, 65. Um, also, um, 
Seal, singer Seal is 57 today. Mm-hmm. Um, Justine Bateman, who is Jason Bateman's sister. Mm-hmm. Family Ties is 54. Anisha Del Toro, Del Toro is 53. Benicio Del Toro? Yeah, Benicio okay. Del Toro, yeah. Uh, Bellamy Young. He's only 53 because he looks a lot older than that. I yeah. mean, I'm not to pick on him, but I mean, <laughs> well, he does well, look like an older he look, guy. He looked like he was 53 like 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like he's kind of had that same look for right, a long right. time. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Bellamy Young is 50. Uh, Haley Duff. Um, Hilary Duff's sister is 35. Actress Ariel Cabell is 35. Victoria Justice is 27. Um the young Batman from Gotham is 19. That's David Mazuz, who played uh, Bruce Wayne, young Bruce Wayne. Yep. And he's Nil- a lot older than I thought he was. Yeah, he's 19. Well, because he started the show when he was, what, 11? He was know, a, was it that long ago that Gotham It went through six seasons, on? right? Six seasons no, of no, Gotham? No, well, it has, he has to be. Yeah, but that show just ended, like, what, last year? Yeah, it ended last year, so... So he had to have yeah, been older. 11, 11 plus 6 is eight is 17 and 18. Yeah, I, guess I, mean, yeah, I guess that I don't makes know. sense. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so, maybe I not. don't know. I stopped watching that after the second yeah. season. So <laughs> it's like. Uh, yeah. And 11 from Stranger Things. That's right. Millie Bobby Brown is 16 today. Mm. Um, Somehow lo- I thought she was older than that. Yeah. Well, she looked I, older. at If you saw her at the Golden Globes or uh, was it the SAG Awards, she dressed so mature that people yeah. didn't know that she. That, yeah. that was Millie because she looks so much younger, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. Um, so uh, just a couple of WWE things, uh, Paul. Uh, are you excited that John Cena will be making an appearance on SmackDown on February twenty eighth? No, is he going to wrestle? Or is he just going to rap? <laughs> <laughs> I think John Cena will be involved in a match at WrestleMania. Well, it's rumored that the match will be against Elias, which a lot of people are not really uh, yeah, excited it's not about. A good match. Because it's kind of like they kind of alluded yeah. to a few like, last year's why, why don't you have two old guys fight each other? Why don't you have him versus Edge? I think that would be well, a better Well, Edge match. already has a program with Randy Orton, as you know, if you've been watching Yeah, I know. Raw. Still. They got a – that's the money match right there, man. Mm-hmm. They can't go any other way okay. with Edge on that yeah. one. So I'll be excited when that happens, man. Um, but as you know, WrestleMania 37 next year will be in Los Angeles. So – Mr. Hollywood himself, John Cena, and Mr. Hollywood, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. But you know, I heard rumors that Hogan got surgery, so he's able to wrestle again. Hulk Hogan, wow. And he wants to wrestle again. Does anyone want to see a 60-year-old wrestler back in the ring? But then again, don't they do that all the time? Yeah, but look at Ric Flair. How long did Ric Flair Flair last? Ric Flair, I think, wrestled his last match in his 50s, though. Was he in his 50s? He looked older than that. I'm pretty sure he was older than that. Was it it someone like, what's his name? Bruno Sammartino? Wasn't he wrestling like into his 70s? Yeah, I think he was. (laughs) He might have been, yeah. And I think Jerry Lawler still actually wrestles, too. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you know, if they can still work. But Lawler is a risk. I mean, he had a hard Well, Goldberg is coming back, too. And Goldberg. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Goldberg will be wrestling Bray Wyatt for the Universal Championship at, uh, yeah, can you believe it? At. Super see, showdown. See, yes. you know, I would rather see him against Brock because that's more believable. Because like, if he's gone with well, the title for a little while, it's like Brock's gone with the title. They for a already, while too. they already have that program already. Everyone's already seen Brock I'm, versus Goldberg. So yeah, no, but still, I don't just, think that's a you know, that's a new match. You know, why not? Um, obviously, Goldberg's not winning. It's yeah. going to be Roman Reigns versus uh, yeah. Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think they're going to go anywhere else with that one. 
But you know, Brock is defending against Ricochet. I don't yeah. know what you think about that at Super Showdown. Yeah, but that's that's a mismatch too. <laughs> that's you a big agree? mismatch, and I think that's going to be a squash match. It's, I think it's I mean, going to be. It's almost like Brock versus Rey Mysterio. It's like, yeah, that's really not going to. Well, be. Look, what about Brock versus Kofi Kingston? That's how he won the title. Yeah, no, but that wasn't. That was a squash match too. That was it's a squash like, match where he actually won the title. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, of course, although are they paying Brock a lot more money because it seems like he's making a lot more appearances than he used to make? Because I thought he got paid per appearance. That's so like they're no, he's 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 got like a contract with with a certain number of um, millions to appear, um, and a, and a set number of appearances, yeah. I believe. So, um, of course, he'll make the Super Showdown and he'll do yeah. WrestleMania, of course. But uh, I'm excited about Miz and Morrison, you know, reunited. Yeah, I thought that was team, a cool so. Cool team to bring. They'll back. have a match against the New Day at the Super Showdown, and then the two wake trophy gauntlet match. I don't know if you're looking forward to yeah, that. No, I thought that was kind of weird. <laughs> AJ Styles, R Truth, Rusev, Bobby Lashley, Eric Rowan, and Andrade, who is back from serving a 30 day uh, suspension for uh, for performance enhancing performance, drugs. most likely performance enhancement drugs. Um, which is probably what happened. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. What's going on with Matt Hardy? So supposedly... Uh, um, I heard that he's going to be on AEW soon. Uh, that's what the rumor is. So he's going to just working out the rest of his contract? I think he's just working through, out the... I mean, and it, March, sound, I believe it, and it sounds like they yeah. offered him a lot of money and he just does not want to sign with the WWE, which I can't blame him because they kind of ruined He's actually character. currently uh, in a storyline with, with Edge right now, being a, you know Edge's buddy. And, I uh, know, but I mean, I just... I just don't think. I guess, yeah. I guess he hasn't disclosed exactly, but he actually tweeted goodbye on his latest episode of the Free Delete series on YouTube, no. um, alluding that he will leave once his contract now, expires. Now, is Jeff still under contract, too, or is he so still Jeff's suspended? So Jeff's a different issue. Uh, he's um, under contract a little longer. Because, um, I mean, I think when you're Actually, sus- no, no, actually, Jeff's contract is the same as Matt. But but the March thing is, first, when yeah. you're suspended, they have to add that time. So when time. he's suspended, so, so he would Vince add could the hold time. him for another, like, Exactly. Five or six months because the suspension. So. Both, are they actually both the brothers? suspension yes. and oh, the are. injury. Okay. But they actually look nothing alike. It's yeah. interesting. They they really, appearance-wise, yeah, do not look Yeah, the funny thing is alike. I met them years ago backstage at WCW in Wilkes-Barre. When they yeah. first came over to uh, huh. WCW, I mean, they came right from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. They had their own independent thing, and they, they made their way up. Yep. What do you think of um, Simone Johnson, uh, the daughter of uh, Dwayne? The Rock Johnson oh, yeah. has That's begun amazing. training uh, at the WWE Performance Center. So that would be the f- she would be the first fourth generation superstar in history. Wow. I thought what's four his generations? Four That's generations. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Her okay. dad, The Rock. Her right. grandfather, Rocky Johnson. Right. And her great grandfather, uh, Peter Mayavia. Oh, yeah, it's right. Yeah. So wow. it'd be like four generations. No, yeah. Hopefully, she has her own gimmick because I mean it would be kind of weird if they just have her be a female rock you know what i mean well they I mean, i know it would make money Nia but it's just the, like the cousin of the rock right? yeah or the niece of the rock yeah. so general zod tearing up those cookies man i yeah. didn't get dinner oh snap <laughs> so. i can understand that then yeah. yeah um but we'll have to see what happens with matt i mean he didn't they didn't officially i mean announce. i would like him to like Stay with WWE, but if you're not going to use them right, just let them go and do something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeff is actually scheduled to be back in court. On, yeah, in I, April. I, I, knew, I knew that was happening. Yeah, for his DWI arrest. What is charges, that? Tenth you know? one or something? He has some crazy amount of DWIs. Yeah. <laughs> he does. So, what do you think of Shayna Baszler? So, supposedly, she's going to be involved with the um, 
with the Elimination Chamber and most likely will be challenging Becky Lynch for the... Uh, I think she deserves I mean, she's technically yeah. in the, like, a developmental thing, which she shouldn't be in. She's way well, more I don't know. I wouldn't call NXT developmental anymore, buddy. I still think it's developmental. I think it's... Like, it's I don't know. I think It's like NASCAR Bush League. You do throw some They're calling it the third brand I know, now. but I mean... Plus, you got... You got Finn Balor, who's a superstar, right? I know, going but back, see, that's like the NASCAR Bush League. You used to send NASCAR guys back down to the Bush League, yeah. so they could win a race here or there to promote it a little bit. Like Mark yeah. Martin's like has the most wins the in the Bush Series, so yeah. it's kind of the same deal. It's I mean, okay. you're promoting it better by having a big star there, but I think it's still developmental. Well, anyways, if, I think Shannon Baszler was overdue to be on. That's the main what I'm roster. thinking. She yeah. should be on Raw or SmackDown. I well, mean, she already is on Raw. She's technically yeah. on Raw, and she's in the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. And the winner of that match will challenge most likely Becky Lynch because yeah. Charlotte and Rhea Ripley have this um, program now. So yeah. I just, I don't know, just kind of like, see, that's a thing. You call it the Bush Leagues, but why would Charlotte Flair challenge Shayna Baszler? I'm oh, sorry, challenge Rhea Ripley in NXT if it's a third rate or Bush yeah, League? Well, I guess they're trying to make, see, make it a better. That's exactly, see, that contradicts what you said. They're, you know? they're trying to make it compete with AEW, but. It's yeah. I don't think I, the problem is like AEW still has like a bunch of top top talent. Yeah. And NXT, it's good. I mean, don't get me wrong; these guys are going to be great someday, but not all of them mm. are up to par yet. Yeah. So it's like still a lesser brand facing like a major brand. <laughs> it, it just doesn't add up well. You know what I mean? Uh, that makes sense. What about the um, the um, elimination chamber for uh, to challenge Bray Wyatt? So po- supposedly there's a. Sp- it's been revealed the participants for that. Roman Reigns, Baron Corbin, Robert Roode, Shinsuke Nakamura, Daniel Bryan, and Braun Strowman are in the Elimination Chamber to challenge I wanna see, Bray Wyatt. I want to see Braun Strowman against Bray Wyatt. I mean, like, Corbin, uh, well, unless Corbin just gets his buddies. This will be WrestleMania. We all know it's going to be Roman Reigns. Yeah. I don't think it could be anyone else uh, on that list except for Roman Reigns. Yeah, but frankly. you can't keep pushing Roman Reigns. I mean, I would like... I would like to actually see him not push Roman Reigns. And I think that's the biggest push for Roman Reigns. If yeah. he doesn't succeed all the time, I think people could actually get behind him. Yeah. But when they keep pushing the same guy over and over, kind of like Cena. Cena got stale. I mean, granted, he did a lot of good for kids and stuff. Right. But people started booing him because you push him too much on you. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's completely fair, I guess. But I don't know. Um you hear about the the revival? Apparently, they want out of their contract as well. I uh, do. They? Oh, I'm yeah, surprised. which is surprising because they've won both the tag titles. They're on television. Yeah. Um, apparently, but then um, they want out of their contracts before. Yeah, and they they think they appease them by giving them the titles, and then they're still complaining. Yeah, and they're being offered a lot of money, mm. and they're in the number one company. Yeah, yeah. so it doesn't really make I, sense. Why would they complain? And why would they want out of their contract? I mean, they know? probably just want more creative control. I mean, that's I think that's the only I thing. I think that it's fucking horseshit. I mean, AEW. <laughs> Either that, or they're just trying to play for I more wish money. For AEW and all their success, but it will never match the WWE. Yeah, ever, I, ever, ever. I, I think they do. I think what they're doing is trying to push for more money. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's probably what it is. They're probably right. Like, hey, yeah. hey, can we get more money by saying, "Hey, we want to have our contracts"? Yeah. Maybe yeah. Vince will throw us some extra money so we yeah. don't go jump ship to the other brand. I mean, <laughs> right. So yeah, this is um I think we're doing on good time of the show. Uh fairly comprehensive. I know that we have another segment to uh to move on to, which uh, is the indie chat after yeah. Below the Belt show, okay. which is gonna be pretty exciting. So uh-huh. I guess before we wrap up tonight's program, are there any is there anyone that wants to promote or plug anything? Please plug away. I mean 
Anything to plug? If we could be on Servant again soon, that would be nice. So we could promote Servant for season two. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess that's, I mean, I don't know what else to promote. I mean, okay, I could promote something else, but I can't promote that yet until I actually get <laughs> That's fair. So it's like, I, I guess I do have an episode of AMC's Dispatches from Elsewhere coming up. Um, mm-hmm. Look for me. Uh, I believe I'm in the final episode. I believe the season just started. Do you know if it's uh, I was on, on a couple AMC? episodes too, but I'm Has not sure. Has it aired? Yeah, I, know I haven't seen it yet. I, thought I know the trailer's been out. Um, I believe it's going to be premiering soon. Now, so look out for it. I do have you a question. It. Was that a limited series or is that a – somebody said so it was limited and somebody well, said it was Well, they said it, it would be series. anthology style. If it were to come back that the story is fairly complete for the first season, okay. that it would involve a, a brand new cast. Oh, okay. So it would be like – Yeah. Kind of like more or less uh, – what was that? Uh, that police show on uh, – HBO. Now I'm drawing a True blank. Detective. True Detective. Kind of yeah, like that. It will be exactly like True Detective. Okay. Okay. That'd be good. Yeah. But <coughs> it's a very strange show. Yeah, that hasn't come out yet. Have you seen the trailer for AMC's Dispatches from Elsewhere? It is, yeah, it looks cool. As it looks cool. Episode it looks, but it's bizarre looking, right? Yeah, the well, episodes I worked on I were extremely stuff. bizarre. Hmm. Okay. But look out for Soto. Yeah, look out right. for Slurry Soto. Yeah. Which, uh, which episode are you in? I believe on the final episode. Oh, cool. Yep. I'm on three episodes as different random people. <laughs> <laughs> James Berberick, throw out some plugs. Uh, you can actually go to Etsy.com and type in James Berberick Films, and you can get merchandise, which includes- You got some merch? R- yeah, I got T-shirts, which include Rising to Power. What? There's a yeah. Rising to Power T-shirt? Yeah, Whoa. it's out there for sale now. Awesome. Yeah. And of course, your YouTube page? Yes, uh, you can go type in James Berberick, find me on there, type- Find James Burbrick Films on Facebook. Nice, nice. General, what are you popping and promoting? I'm just popping the clean living of General Zod. Ah, <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't. I'm not really in the industry, so I don't really <laughs> have anything to promote of you're that sort. You're just an sort. expert. You're a knowledge expert. I guess so. You are. You are the. And I do say expert. that I'd be. I'd be open to. Well, he could promote a film that he hasn't come up with yet. <laughs> ah, that's true. <laughs> we could talk about writing. That's right. right. I, I was gonna wanted... write. I was gonna write a radio drama for us to do. On yeah, we were actually gonna do a scripted radio drama to read on Below the Belt. Yeah, show. and then my job got really shitty, so <laughs> it well, was a little. It's gonna be like War of the Worlds, where. <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. Would yeah. you work possibly. on it and come back and then? then yeah, let, absolutely, let, yeah. it's it's been on my list to do. I was thinking, <laughs> well, War of the Worlds, like some kind of like sci-fi type thing, could work mm-hmm. because like really great radio dramas, like War of Don't the. Don't tell Worlds. anybody it's fake, and then they believe it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The. Um, yeah, apparently, like, a radio station in Ecuador got burnt down because of that. And so the um, – and then the other one, like, I don't know if you guys knew, but, like, uh, when Star Wars came out, they did mm-hmm. a Star Wars radio drama, and they played it on NPR. And it's actually, like, you know, it's on YouTube. You can find mm-hmm. it oh, and wow. listen to it. And to it's check it out. And it's really wild because, well, I mean, first of all, they have different actors playing like all the mm-hmm. the memorable characters. But like, for instance, they've like they really expanded. You know that scene where Darth Vader is um, interrogating Princess Leia? Yes, mm-hmm. of course. In the radio drama, it's like a pretty freaking intense torture scene. <laughs> and I was actually like pretty kind of shocked to listen <laughs> to it. So more or less, the real film got cut. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. <Yeah. laughs> so maybe maybe something like that. 
Well, maybe we'll be promoted next time we're on the show. Yeah, guys, I just got to actually write something. <laughs> guys, it's <laughs> been a tremendous show from yeah, top to bottom, guys. We to the Star Wars uh, radio. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do that. Yeah. <laughs> Get our so asses guys, we're, um, we're going to wrap up tonight's show. That was a, a heck, heck of a show. Yeah. Um, and ending tonight, yes, guys, my amazing on-location interviews at the Sundance Film Festival – um, this is uh, the second week of interviews. We, we started it last week. So this is the red carpet of a sci-fi thriller called Possessor. It stars Christopher Abbott and um, Andrea Riseborough. Also Sean B. and Jason, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. However, I, they were not at the carpet. I did get to interview Andrea Riseborough, Christopher Abbott, and Brandon Cronenberg, who we confirmed cool. is the son of... That's David Cronenberg. That's right, guys. So, uh, yes, uh, this has been a great uh, show from top to bottom. I'd like to thank everybody here on Below the Belt Show. Starting with, that's right, the man with the calming presence, <laughs> the B2B favorite, and the man, the walking knowledge base of pop culture. <laughs> walking the, knowledge base. Yeah, you like that one? That's kind of... Eh, yeah. it's, it's a little wordy. We'd have, to, like, <laughs> we'd have to, to make it pop a little bit more. Mike, the general Zod, guys. Yeah. It's always nice great to, to work be with here. You. And yeah, it's course, been a lot of fun. That's right. Paul... Darth Wallace, the Sith yes, Lord. Yes, I am a Sith Lord. So, and you don't give a Sith. I don't give a Sith either. No. <laughs> so you're gonna have to be on the radio show then, on the radio drama. That you have I to write. be on the radio drama. Well, he's an actor, so yeah. You, can you do the Darth Vader voice? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, last but not least, filmmaker extraordinaire James Berber. Glad to be here. Glad to be on another one if you let me. Nice. Of course. Absolutely. Anytime, right. James. I'm Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most, ending with my exclusive interviews from Sundance, the Possessor world premiere red carpet, guys. So on behalf of everybody here, we will see you guys next week. Until then, peace. peace. See ya. Al Soto would click on this here at the Ray Theater in Park City, Utah. Sundance 2020, guys. We're here at the red carpet for the sci-fi thriller film Possessor, starring Sean Bean, Jennifer Jason Leigh. And we're going to talk to the stars, including Andrea Riseborough, Chris Abbott, and the director, Brandon Cronenberg. So stay tuned for more here at Click On This. Okay, we're at Brandon Cronenberg, writer-director of Possessor. First of all, the synopsis sounds amazing. Tell us about brain implant technology. Tell us about what inspired you to write um, a film based based on that, which I feel could be something in the future. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's interesting. There is actually uh, a long history of, of brain implant research, um, even as far back as the 50s and the 60s. Um, they were doing experiments with uh, electrodes in, in animal brains and even human brains. And, um, uh, finding they were able to control motor control and so there's and uh, emotions even and, and all kinds of stuff so there's sort of a scientific basis for it um, which was interesting to me um, but I, I was mainly interested in talking about uh, identity construction and maintenance of identity and uh, how that's fundamental to how we operate as human right. beings. But this is used in a very, very evil way, according to the synopsis, correct? Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a horror film and a, and yeah. a thriller, and so um, the plot has those elements. Um, but also, you know, there's a, a domestic story in there, and, and I, think it, uh, I think it relates to 
normal life, despite yeah. the fact that it's it's embedded in this kind of thriller structure. Tell us about a seven-layer cast. Yeah, I mean, you have a great cast with Sean Bean and Andrea Riseborough, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Uh, how did that come about? Um, just the usual way it <laughs> comes about. Just, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, I guess I don't. I don't have a very complicated process when it comes to casting. I just want to work with people who are great. Uh, I kind of feel like you, uh, you find actors who are just amazing to watch and make interesting choices and, and are talented and then you plug them into any role and it's going to be, uh, it's, it's going to be great. something really good is going to happen. Uh, and something surprising as well, like I think when you get a really good actor, the character becomes something other and more than what you were uh, expecting it to be, and, and that yeah. keeps it interesting and injects it with life. Fantastic! You got to be so stoked to have this film as a part of Sundance Film Festival. No, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled to be there. Yeah. Um, Sundance has been extremely good to us, and, and I'm happy to happy to have come out. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Brandon, for talking to us here. We'll click on this. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Okay, we're here with Chris Abbott, who plays Colin, the Possessor. Uh, tell us how he got involved in this amazing film, which sounds amazing, but it's a synopsis. Yeah, um, well, Brandon um, just reached out to me, and um, a while before we actually eventually wound up shooting it, yeah. um, uh, I read the script, really, uh, really loved it. It was something very unique, yeah. and um, it was going to be a challenge, and I met Brandon and really loved him. Um, he's a very smart, but at the same time, unpretentious writer-director, uh, and... Uh, just then there was nothing more to, you know, awesome. to decide on. Right on. If you could tell us a little bit about Colin, the character. Well, there's, it's, a weird, it's a weird thing because it's, a, you know, in the sci-fi element of it, um, it's a lot about Andrea's character and, one of, and her occupation in the movie is someone who um, her essentially inhabits other people's bodies. So the character of Colin is, um, I think, only seen, you know, for the first five Ten minutes, and then it's more Andrew's character in technically in in my person. What do you think of brain implant technology? Is it something? And if you had that ability, how, what would you use it for in real life? <laughs> well, and uh, I'm riffing off of something Brandon said earlier in an interview, where it's it's uh, it stemmed from I guess uh, like a neuro neuroscientific um, studies that were done back in the 50s so it's actually kind of a retro thing you know they they would do kind of archaic brain Im implant technology where they're able to move other people's hands and emotions so it's kind of stemmed off of something that is essentially already exists but then the slightly futuristic element is to completely inhabit someone so that's kind of that's really fun and if I had it as an ability I don't know I'd probably do too much damage <laughs> awesome well Chris thanks so much for talking with us here click on this Cheers, enjoy Sunday thank you awesome thank you all right, we're here with amazing actress Angela Riceborough. Here with two films at Sundance. You must be excited to be for Possessor and Luxor both. Yes, I am. Very excited. <laughs> Let's talk about Possessor first, if we could. Your, your character, Tisa Voss, and I read the synopsis. It sounds amazing. Brain implant te technology sounds like something that could be a, in the scary future. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about your character. Without giving too much away, she's, she's really lived a life of, she's lived other people's lives for so long. Just not something that I can identify with at all as an actor. <laughs> so it, it, that, that was I was strangely playing something that I was quite used to, which is you know being in somebody else's life, schooling somebody else, being inside of them. 
learning what it is to walk in their shoes for a short time and then coming out and and um, and she's suffering a real loss of identity because of that um, and it's difficult because I don't want to say too much because there's so much about the film I mean this, the film is so cerebral uh, but it but also um, there's so much about the film that really depends on your ignorance as a viewer. Um, not that it's something that I don't think people will be able to watch over and over again because I think it's very, it's multi-layered, so it'll be a gift that keeps on giving. But it has a, uh, but it's really innovative, and so I don't want to rob the audience of too much of what it's about. Well, we're certainly already intrigued. If you could, well, let's talk about Luxor. Tell us a little bit about uh, your role in Luxor and how you got involved with that. Yeah. Um, again, the script, it was the, the, the script, um, Zayn Adira had written a really beautiful script. Uh, it was so, it was so uh, whimsical and conversational, but it was also painful. It was about a character who'd just come back from working on the Jordanian Syrian border um, as a doctor, dealing with the fallout of horrible warfare. And uh, really the film is about somebody recovering from that time and coming back to love you know she finds she remembers what love was like so two very different films so you had two films this year and then four films last year so working with an ensemble cast obviously Sean Bean and uh, Jennifer Jason Lee what was it like working with them um, Amazing, amazing. Uh, working with Jennifer Jason Lee was like a masterclass in uh, how brilliant somebody can be. It was, it was really quite. In, it was. She's unbelievable. She's unbelievably bright and connected, and um, you know, she she had when we were doing it when we were shooting. She actually had a this eye. She damaged her eyesight, which is fine now, but. Uh, she did the whole thing in 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 pain, and delivered this incredible performance. Uh, she's a real inspiration. We cannot wait to watch it, Andrew. Thank you so much for talking with us. Click on this. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, "Until next time, keep chilling like a villain." Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.